Vienna, there's ten pretty women. There's a shoulder where death comes to cry. There's a lobby with nine hundred windows. There's a tree where the doves go to die. There's a piece that was torn from the morning, and it hangs in the gallery of frost. Waltz, take this waltz, take this waltz with the clamp on its jaws. Welcome, one and all, to episode thirty-seven. Maybe I think. Double check that afterwards. But episode, we'll just say episode thirty-seven of the Feminine Critique. Uh, I am Emily, one of your hostesses. With me is my regular hostess, Christine. That's me. That is indeed her. And we are joined today by special semi-regular co-hostess, Erica. Hello. Uh, Now, those of you at home know that we normally bring Erica on for such uh, installments as the Fast and the Furious movies. Don't get too excited. Yeah, it's there's no drifting. Or or do if maybe drifting ain't your thing. Like a lot of people out there who were kind of like, wow, this Tokyo drifting thing. Not as much fun as I thought it would be. Right? Right? People out there, you're nodding with me. Some of you agreed. Anyway, today we are not doing a Fast and the Furious movie. What movies are we doing? Um, Romancing the Stone. Uh-huh. And Take This Waltz. Yeah, which are... I mean, really, if you have to replace a Fast and the Furious movie, like, let's say you're, you're programming. Okay. Your uh, UPN. Is UPN still a thing? Or it's CW Network? Uh, it's I don't have T- TV. CW. Wait, <laughs> let me turn on the channel. Well, the CW is Channel 11, which right. used to be the WB. Right. And then, well, there was WB and, and UPN. Oh, and 9 was UPN, and that's now my 9 HD. Okay. There's, so I there's think they, baseball mer- so they right merge now. into it. Yes. Okay. So let's say you're the CW network, and it's like Saturday night, and you have like movie night to show, and you're going to show Fast and the Furious number four, Fast and the Furious as I like to imagine it's called. Um, But that day, like, uh, something terrible happens involving cars. Like, there's a giant pileup in the region you're going to show the movie, and you realize it'd be really in poor taste to show it. So instead, you have to go to the vault and see what you got. I mean, I would think you're going to replace it with Romancing the Stone or Taking Swaltz, right? Yes. Um, Thematically, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we're going to get there. Before we do, uh, do we have any like other announcements, or should we just jump into what we've been watching? Anybody have life announcements they need to make? Anything get so. off your chest? No. No, no it's not. Good. Good. Okay. Um, so any no? grievances you want to air publicly? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's, it's you know it's free speech. We can do this stuff. No, I think I'm cool. All right. If, if at any point you just need to say something, you just poke me, and we'll do this. Okay. <laughs> All right, so why don't we be ladies and let our guest talk first about some of the recent things that she has been uh, watching. Yeah, guest. Come on, guest, go. <laughs> All right, All right, God. Um, I don't have a list this time. Oh, I wasn't God. as well prepared. I apologize. Um, but I've seen a few mo- movies in the movies. Whoa. Oh, okay. Think- so if I've seen anything that Eric has seen, because I have too, should I just interject and, and say my piece at that point? 
Um, I think we should rock, scissors, paper it. Because I think we all might have one to... Oh, well, then we can, like, group talk about something. Okay, oh, let's group talk, guys. It sounds great. Ooh, group talk. <laughs> um, well, I saw um, it, X-Men. Yeah, me too. Did Did you talk about that already yet? No, I, we oh, haven't. God, I haven't okay. seen it yet. We've been on here. <laughs> we I, haven't uh, done this in a while. This is true. <laughs> I really liked it. I feel like I saw it a long time ago already. It was only a couple of weeks ago, but um, I I enjoyed it a, a great deal. Mm-hmm. Did Did you like it? No, I hated it with fiery passion. Really? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I liked things in it. I guess. Um, but I didn't really like it. What did I rate it? Why did um, you hate it so much? Well, because it wasn't good. None of the X Men oh, movies okay. were really good. Um, I like, like class quite a bit. No, well, I, first of all, I mean, none of the Brian Singer helmed yeah, ones. Yeah. Are, are, I mean, X2 is good. It does not stand the test of time. Yeah. Um, but this was... Here's my um, question about it. It was really messy. It was really yeah. messy, and it was very repetitive, and it didn't give the viewer any credit, and every five seconds they were reminding me the plot. Was it like, boring? Kind of. All right, because you know my thing is I just hate being bored by superhero movies. And things happened for no reason, and you're like, why did that further the plot? And then they would be like, but guys, remember, this is the plot. Yeah. Characters would pause to tell you what was what they were trying to do. And that's like, okay, so you're not really telling the Days of Future Past story. Fine, you've never really done that before, X-Men movie. But tell me a story. Give me something. Um, uh, Wolverine wasn't in it as much as everybody was afraid he was going to be, which is a positive I think because it wasn't supposed to be his movie anyways um Quicksilver was really fucking funny and everybody thought he was gonna suck so that's very exciting Quicksilver is awesome plus I love so Kevin good. Peters I me just, too I like he's like he I I had well I posted on Facebook but he's based I feel like he's like the new Ben Foster like he's just yeah. a really good character actor and he's in everything and I feel like I want him to take off in a way that Ben Foster never did he and I think he could too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really exciting. Like I was super sad when they said he was going to be Quicksilver because Quicksilver doesn't belong in this movie and Quicksilver wasn't supposed to be in the movie. And then they get like an actor I actually like to play a character that I actually like, and it really bummed me out. But they did such a good job with it, yeah. so it made me really happy. Um, but other than there were not many other things in this film that made me very happy, so. Well, I don't have the X-Men background that you do. So, <laughs> like, as a complete no, you know, just, I don't, I've never read any of the comics. I don't know anything about the storyline. I just really enjoyed seeing all those actors in 70s attire. <laughs> and I, I, I could, yeah, that's, that's pretty and that's, cool. That's basically what kept me interested the whole movie, to be honest. Like, and, I was like, And everybody was good. Like, Well, Halle Berry couldn't have been good, right? Well, she, she wasn't, she was... Spoiler. Okay. Um, it takes more. It takes place more in the pasty stuff okay. than yeah. in the presenty stuff or the futury stuff. However you want to do it. But um, oh, there's some stuff at the end. They did what everybody. I'm not going to spoil it in any way for anybody, especially for you, Emily. Oh, thank you. Because you're the only one I care about. Um, <laughs> but um, he out, bitches. They did that thing that everybody assumed they were going to do with the manipulation of timelines. Uh-huh. So in the end, you kind of get some, like, little winks and nods that maybe mm-hmm. some people expected. I kind of did, but it was very satisfying. And okay. if, like, when well, you see it, we can talk about it. But I did I did fist pump. I cheered really loud at one point. Um, I went, yeah! 
like really excited because things happened. But um, yeah, I don't know, Erica. Did you find it? It was all like kind of messy and like the character motivations were a little unclear. Um, no, but I might not have been. I probably wasn't paying as close as, as of attention really as you were because I was just like, like I don't know. I just had fun with it. Like I, I probably didn't have like super high hopes for it. I was like, oh, X-Men First Class was really good. Like, I think this is a cool idea. And that was basically the mindset I went into it with. Like, it didn't make a difference to me whether it was, like, very good or not. <laughs> because I saw it, I think I saw it for free, actually. Because, there, well, we tried to go see Godzilla, and there was a blackout at the movie theater, so we Ooh, ended fun. up getting comp tickets. Um, so, and we wound up getting two sets of comp tickets because we kept our ticket stubs and went back and got a second set. You um, that system, <laughs> so, you hard. So, like, I saw it for free. I wasn't, like, I don't know. I just wanted, like, a fun summer movie, and, like, that's what I got. So I wasn't examining it as closely as you were. And also, like I said, it's been quite a few weeks since I saw it, so I'm not, like... I try not to do stuff like that, but I mean, when you have something that's as well yeah. constructed as like the Avengers, you've proven to me that it can be done. So now that I know that it's possible, I want them to try to elevate it into instead of just throwing stuff at the screen so that like parents will like- have something to take their kids to. I want them to actually, instead of rewriting Magneto's part because they wanted him to do more cool stuff, have his character make sense. Yeah, but cool stuff is cool. Ugh bum me out but I feel like you also have like a much closer relationship with like that source material and those characters though am I am I wrong in thinking of that I'll, I'll divorce myself from there'll never be no there'll never be a movie that I want to see with them <laughs> well I've moved past not with that attitude well no I'm just saying until Fox doesn't have a hand on them or like the next one they're saying that Brian Singer might not be involved in because first class Brian Singer stepped back and took a producer role and I think first class is much better even though it still doesn't tell a direct story and it's kind of muddled with characters that aren't really real sometimes and it still tells a more compelling story but I don't know this was just I don't know self-flagellation again but I'll just stop (laughs) talking about it (laughs) But I I, I, ga- I gave it a seven when I rated it. So I mean, I did like some stuff. I just didn't like a lot of stuff. That's way more than you gave Crossroads. I gave Crossroads a six. I gave Crossroads exactly. a six. Yeah, that's a full point more. Wait, which Crossroads? The Britney Spears one. I gave. Six. I, no, I thought you gave the other uh, one. Uh uh-uh. I don't know. They have the same title. I can't tell things apart. Erica, what else did you see? Um, I saw Maleficent. Hang on two seconds. Talk about how I saw Maleficent. So I wanted to see it. Went to see Maleficent. I wanted to see it, but I saw something else instead. Uh, what made you not see it, Christine? It's basically, just the timing of arrival at the movie theater. Um, uh, yeah, there was traffic, and we missed. I, I wanted like to get in comfortably to like get a seat and you see the previews. The bar, right. We would like you know. And had just, they were still selling tickets for it. They were still letting people in, but it was right at the line. And that always makes me feel really uncomfortable. I can understand that. I don't want to be the last person. where you're going to end up sitting. You're going to be sitting all the way on the end. Like what happened when I saw Batman part three. Yeah, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And I kind of am looking forward to seeing that movie. I think it looks cool. It looks groovy. I'm back. (laughs) All right, Erica, we just talked about how you went to see Melissa. 
I know I could hear you the whole time. I just <laughs> muted myself because I was saying hello to my father. Oh. You couldn't hear me saying hello to my father, right? I tried to figure Wait, out. Wait, we should have totally played off like we could hear it. Why didn't we do yeah, that? Yeah, 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 we said, uh-huh. Um, okay, so Maleficent. Um, yes, I, I, I really enjoyed it, but again, like, this was, a, this was a movie that was made for me, specifically, <laughs> because I, Sleeping Beauty is my favorite Disney princess, and Angelina Jolie is, like, one of my favorite people ever, like, I mean, Emily, you saw my college dorm room. Oh, I remember. It was you just, Laura Croft, Croft, one year for Halloween, yeah, but, like, my, like, my room was just decorated with photos of Angelina Jolie from magazines, like, that's how I decorated my dorm room in college, um, and so this movie was like very much targeted at me. So I was an easy mark for it. Um, I thought it was a really interesting story that they told, and the twists that they put on it were um, were I enjoyed them a lot. So I I really liked it. I'm curious as to how the two of you would feel about it, because I don't, I honestly couldn't tell you how I think you guys would like right, it. Right. When it comes to instant watch, I'll watch it. I still want to try to get it when it's at the theater. I think it. I think it'll benefit from you know that kind of watching experience. Yeah, I mean, I watched it with um, let's see, four like fifty-something-year-old chatty women a few rows behind me. Um, <laughs> Who are you hanging out with? A young like a 20 something year old girl with her maleficent doll next to me who <laughs> felt the need to talk back to the film oh, well, and felt the need the for me felt the need to talk back when the eight-year-old in front of us finally shut up and started paying attention to the movie and she was like she like made a comment at something that happened she was like good and then that made the eight-year-old start talking and running all over the theater again um and she was with her dad and her mom, and her mom had to take the crying baby out of the carriage and walk it or let around the theater instead of just walking out with the screaming child. And the dad just sat, that, sat there and did, did nothing while the eight-year-old like jumped up and down and did cartwheels in front of me. So somehow I still managed to enjoy the movie. So there Jeez. must have been something good. It must about have it. been amazing. <laughs> yeah. I would have. I would have been checked the fuck I out. I would have loved anything where somebody came and brought their own doll to sit next to them. That would. I would have just watched that the whole movie and been. And given it four stars. She was like, like, like her and her friend were like making comments before the movie started. Like, oh, those women better shut up. Like, I we physically got up and moved our seats because of those chatty women. Like, we were sitting kind of like a little bit higher up, and we were like, let's just move because like clearly they're gonna piss me off. And we went on like a Monday night. It's not like we were there on like a Friday night and like annoyed by the crowd. It, no, Monday it was night like, free to take your own doll kind of thing. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, but so I thought the the girls next to me would be like a good thing because they were like <sighs> and getting huffy, like they better shut up when the movie starts, blah, blah. And then she wound up like making comments through it too. So I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. practice what you preach, ma'am. Mm-hmm. No good. Um, what else, Stacey? I just, um, oh, and I saw 22 Jump Street. Me too. Yay, did you love it? I did enjoy it quite a bit. That's what I saw instead of Maleficent because of the timing. And then there was a tornado watch that I didn't really pay attention to here. And um, the movie shut off in the middle. And then they got it to start playing again. And I was like, high five, free movie passes. And then it started playing again. And then it cut out at the credits. And Erica, when I tell you it cut off, I am so mad. So 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 disappointing. How far to the credits did you make it? Maybe to like 
38 Jump Street, but oh. I know it keeps going. It does. It's and I even read like a brief write up and to see like what I missed, but I was like, oh, so we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it through. Yeah, cool. And then just what? Just done. And everybody got up. Nobody waited. And I was like, I'm going to get my my fucking money back because I didn't get to see that. I missed the, the funny credits. Well, and yeah. worst of all, think of the poor best boy and key grip who didn't get their name appearing in the movie that you went to see. That's true. They should get some kind of reimbursement. Yeah, it was unfair uh, to everybody. I need to see it again, as is my thing now, apparently. But I really liked it. Maybe not as much as the first one, though. I think I liked it better than the first one. Really? I've seen the first one a bunch of times now, so maybe I'm just going by that one because I'm more familiar with it. I, yeah, I own the first one. Oh, and can like, I borrow it one day? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When I when I first watched the first one, I had zero expectations for it. I just, like, um, I, I acquired it. Um it by totally legal means and just like watched it by myself one day and I was like oh my god this was like really really funny um so then when I went back to watch it again when I bought it I was like I'm definitely still enjoying this but not as much as I did and then I enjoyed the second one like so much more because mm. I just liked uh, like like I post again I posted on Facebook like I felt there were so many like really smart Hollywood jokes that oh it was people... really really witty was it yeah. like too witty was it Scream 2 witty? Like the, like whole yeah. Way, it's like kind of mocking sequels. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I guess if you they put have, it that way, it's, yeah. it's kind of exactly like that. They have an, like a very long conversation about, you know, about essentially about sequels, although they're not framing it in that manner. But it was just really funny. And there were so many like little jokes that. Like even even Mike, my boyfriend, didn't know what a meet cute was, and there was a whole meet like a long oh, meet cute joke, so and it funny. was so funny. It's funny because I used that term the other day when we were watching something, and Brandon was like, "What did you say?" I'm like, "A meet cute." He's like, "What? What? Don't ever say that again." I'm like, "What? You've never heard that term?" He's like, like "It's a thing. thing." I'm like, "Yeah, it's a thing." Read Roger Ebert's little movie glossary. Yeah, man, it it was really really clever and 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 self aware. It was self-aware on a non-back patty level. They weren't like, look how funny we are. It wasn't obnoxious or anything. I have to, Christine, in the credits, did you make it up to Dance Academy? No, I don't think so. Can I tell you that one? That one was my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) So, Emily, during the end credits, they basically go, they basically like run through and show movie posters for like all the Jump Street sequels up through like 80 something like they do a ton of them and one of them is like like 42nd Jump Street Dance Academy (gasps) and you see Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum like for everyone that they announce they're just like sitting they're sitting in in front of Ice Cube's desk and Ice Cube says the the name of the school that they're going back to and then Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum reacts, so he's like, Dance Academy. And Jonah Hill goes, finally, something I'm amazing at. (laughs) (laughs) And the look on Channing Tatum's face is just, like, priceless. Like, he couldn't have possibly been acting because he's not quite that good. Like, I feel like Jonah Hill just, like, caught him off guard and he was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, it was so funny, though. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was super funny, too. Um... I'm going to stop there because I can't remember what else I saw. Well, those are good ones. Honestly, I've been watching a lot of Oranges and New Black. I haven't watched any movies at home. That's fair. Uh, Christine? Uh, Well, it's been a long time since we recorded. About a month. And you would think that I would have watched a billion movies. I have not. Ma, you know. (laughs) 
What? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Just ruin okay. everybody's. No, but that's good because I don't. I don't want to make everybody listen to me forever. So it's actually a really small list, and it was. It's all new stuff. I don't know what's going on with me lately. Um, so I watched Frozen mostly because I knew Eric was going to be back on soon. Oh. Um, really, that's the reason why I watched it. Uh, <laughs> that, that warms my heart. So, okay, well, I should do this before the next episode. Um, I liked it. I did not love it. I thought it was admirable that they tried, clearly tried so hard to do something different. And were, I, th- I think successful. With it? Hey, well, it's considering it's now like the second highest grossing film of all time or something, then yeah, I think it was successful. <laughs> um, so good for them. Uh, and I really thought it was, um, her name is escaping me. Elsa? Elsa. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it was Elsa's movie. I thought that's what you were going to get. There's a little girl that comes into my work that is constantly dressed like that princess and carrying that princess and talking about that princess. And I was like, well, it's clearly this princess's movie. And then to find out that it's Kristen Bell's movie is the most exciting thing in the world. She's <laughs> so funny. Yeah, she does a great job. Really funny. So um, I, w- I would watch it again. I like I kind of had a feeling the music didn't do anything for me. Um, I know. I'm- Whatever. Okay. I, I told, as I put on Facebook, that's that's me and Erica's new thing. Yes. Um, I said that it, the music didn't do anything for me. I really liked the bell, and that snowman made me laugh a lot. So, oh, I was I, I, got I would watch mom. again for. That. Go ahead. That's it. Go for it. I've got my mom to name one of her two new kittens Olaf. Well done. He's oh. he's white and fluffy. That's all. um i approve of that yeah it was cute so thanks for making me watch it um i saw x-men i already talked about it so we'd heard um i didn't hate it but uh, it's not worth talking about um because there's some stuff Michael Fassbender is still Magneto. Yeah. You cannot make that not be a thing that is happening to me. That is on screen in front of my face. It, that alone, like, it's a 10 for that. But you gotta take, you gotta chip away. Take points Fair off. Fair enough. My mom came and visited me, and she made me watch that movie, Absentia. I think that you watched it, Emily? I have not. No, it's been on my queue forever. I, think I know it. I want to say it was like Kelly at NOTLP really liked it. Maybe. A bunch of people had been talking about it. It made like the blog rounds and people were really talking it up. Um, my mom had really wanted to see it and she was afraid to watch it by herself at home. So she's like, well, now that I'm here, I'll make you watch it. <laughs> um, Did you like it? Uh, it was... Seven? It was no, it wasn't a seven. It was it was super low budge, um, which I can forgive a movie that like very admirable admirable for what they did mm-hmm. with clearly how low their budget was. I think I even looked it up after it was really low, but there was still things about it that just didn't work for me. I'd be curious to see what you thought. Okay, it's I'll- not a bad movie, but I would love to have read the book version of it because it something about it has an unfilmable quality. Okay. Um, I was also eating a piece of gluten-free cake, so that might have colored my opinion. In in a good way or a bad way? In a good way. Like, I like everything more when there's cake involved. Yeah, I just didn't know if it was gluten-free cake, if you still like everything or not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, watch it. Totally watch it, but I don't know. Uh, I feel like I was being too hard on it, maybe. Okay, uh, fair enough. It was yeah. still kind of creepy at the beginning. 
Okay. Um, I went to the theater and I saw Godzilla. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like it? Um, I did. I went at the 9.30 a.m. showing. Oh, yeah. I think I did. You, you Did you put that on Facebook? Uh, I might have. <laughs> it's rare for me to go to the movies, but when I go, I always go to the first screening of the day because, like, it's all old people and they're quiet during the movie because they don't have cell phones. So it's great. So no cell phones are going off. Um, I liked it. I thought uh, I understand some of the complaints. Like, it's funny. When I went to see it, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I can't wait to hear what my dad thinks of it. I bet my dad didn't like it. And so sure enough, like a couple <laughs> days later, uh, I talked to my dad. I'm like, oh, sorry. Did you see Godzilla? He's like, yeah, I fell asleep a few times. I'm like, yes, I had a feeling you would. Really? It's, it's such a different. Um, I mean, I think it's a good movie. But it might not be what you want if you want a Godzilla movie because you might yeah. have more fun and this one's very serious. But I thought the monsters looked great. I, um, If I had watched it at home, I think I would have been bored quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But having gone to a theater and sitting down and having it giant on screen and knowing I wasn't moving for two hours, I got into it and I was cool with it and I enjoyed it. I don't think it was perfect. I could see some of the issues people had with it, but I enjoyed the ride, if you will. Mm-hmm. You similar? I f- feel similar. I was sufficiently impressed with the monsters and um, with Godzilla yelling. Um, yeah. A lot of people said they didn't like that there was more monsters than Godzilla because they said they said that the advertising lied. I read a bunch of threads on IMDb. Yeah. I don't know why I'm reading IMDb about like we were lied to. What? Who? How many Godzilla movies? As Godzilla yeah. with somebody, like, chilling out with somebody else. Not really chilling out with him. And, and I, I, that was something I really liked, just the basic story of it. Because it wasn't like, oh, Godzilla's this good guy who's here to help us. Like, or Godzilla's this big monster who's here to kill us. Like, no, it was just nature was happening and we just yeah. got out of the way. But and I will tell you that I still chose to read that as he's trying to help us. He's a great guy. Well, I mean, I mean you know. The I fell in love that, that night. <laughs> he, he's trying to help. He's so helpful. <laughs> He's the perfect man. Yeah, short arms and all. But yeah, I, I did enjoy it as well. It was it was it was a lot of fun, and it was I thought impressively done. I finally watched Silent House. Did and you hate it? High on that Elizabeth Olsen. Oh my God, did you hate it? No, I loved it actually. Oh, okay, guys, I'm sorry. I gotta I gotta cut this short. Wait, how are you coming to my house to murder me? Well, I'm not going to stay still for like a day. Wait, you're like, you're not kidding. I'm not kidding. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Can you give me other than Elizabeth Olsen? Cause I thought she was fine in it. Okay. I thought she was great in it. Yes. Can you give me another reason? I thought it was interesting. Really? Did you? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I thought it was um, it was pacey. I thought it was interesting. I thought it told a compelling story. Oh, wait, I you mean that story that it told, like in quote unquote one shot, where you're with this character the entire time, but then something happens that reveals that oh no, everything you watch doesn't matter because we didn't actually show you what was happening, like that. Well, it's the idea of an uh, an unreliable narrator, but first person. I think that's kind of interesting. But it's unreliable in such an unskillful way where it's like... Oh, it's not perfect by any means, but I think it's very interesting what they tried to do. But it makes no sense for them to even have tried it once you find out the ending. It's like, oh, so everything I watched didn't matter because you're just going to make up something now anyway and tell me everything I watched was kind of fuzzy. 
I'm so, oh, that movie made me angry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to go. Did you write about it? No. I did. I did. Oh, I did. You, you did? I would be very curious. I'll post it. Um, I was angry with it. No, I, because your reaction wasn't, wasn't your own. A lot of people felt that way. And I. Me and Jason, oh. Fozzie, we just had a conversation about this movie recently. We were both just like oh. high-fiving each other with how angry it made us. I was watching it and I was waiting for it and it never happened. And okay. I could I could understand somebody say, oh, it's it's heavy handed. Oh, it's clumsy. Oh, it's all of those oh, things. The entire movie is unnecessary because it doesn't matter what you what you think you saw. But, but I focus on the fact that it was playing with a an, a pretty well established kind of subgenre, which is the first person POV, and it did something or it attempted to do something different with it. Was what if you you were you were having this experience, but the person you were having with the experience with was not reliable. It did some bullshit high tension stuff mm-hmm. that I thought it was, a, the, the territory was rote to be sure. Like, absolutely, I have seen this before in different iterations, um, but for all intents and purposes, I thought it was interesting. I didn't expect it to do that. I am glad that you didn't have um, the anger and, um uh, unpleasant feelings that I had when I watched it. How's that? I'm being well, no, and thank you. <laughs> and I'm I'm very interested in, in the reasons why you didn't like it because you're, I mean, you're super smart no. and stuff. But like, yeah, I don't know. It worked for me on some level. My mom watched it and she didn't particularly enjoy it. Okay. Well, and then she, my dad I know watched. Which make piece I'd rather have on this? <laughs> my dad watched it with her and and he he said he didn't understand it at all. And he was just like, so he's so over it. And I said, well, did you try to explain it? She's like, he didn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I don't know. I thought it was swift moving and I gave it credit for that alone. Because so, so many times with that format, it's like, geez. Fair let's move a little bit. I watched another one of your favorite movies after that. Uh-oh. Uh, Man of Steel. Because I wanted to see it to say oh, that I had seen it. Okay. No, I still hadn't seen it. I put, you know, I put it off about a year. Um, I didn't like it very much. Yeah. I was really, really bored. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't stay in the room. I kept getting up. I pa- I kept pausing it. I said I was gonna watch it. Like I tweeted that I was watching it, and then realized like four hours had gone by, and I still pa- had it on pause. <laughs> like I never started it up again. Um, I don't know. I don't. I like that dude whose name I. Um, Henry Jim Cavill. Henry Cavill or Not whatever. I know. Why do I keep saying sure certain steeliness? Um, I like him. I liked him on um, that Tudor's show, and I thought it was cool when he got cast. But like, he's not really charismatic in this movie. Well, the role isn't in this one. I mean, the movie yeah. isn't charismatic. I think they wrote him as like like God Superman, and I wasn't yeah. interested in that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um. You know, who's, who's, who knows what happens next? He'll be Superman again, and maybe he'll nail it. Um, I also didn't think it was cute that they wouldn't say Superman. <laughs> like, I get that. Ass, but that was just conveniently his, his... I get that they thought it was like, hey, look at us. But, right. nah. Um, I then, for some reason, watched I, Frankenstein. I, keep, I get this confused because there were, like, nine movies that came out with Frankenstein in the title. This is the one with um, Aaron Eckhart. This is the yeah. theatrical one. Okay. Yes. What'd you think? Uh, awful. Okay. It's, I mean, it looks <laughs> awful. <laughs> I mean, I still watched it. I made it through the whole thing. I didn't fall asleep. So, I, I mean, it is what it is. If, I hate that saying. Why did I say that? Um, 
it, it is what you would expect it to be. So if you go in expecting that, you might have fun with it. Um, the effects in it are pretty. Rah, well, but. it was one of those like in 3D, and I I got the feeling looking at it that it was one of those CGI. Movies oh, most that's just not gonna do yeah. well in 2D. Yeah, no, it didn't look good. Um, it was weird. It's weird. His career has taken a weird turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched The Conjuring. Oh, you had not seen it. I had not seen it. What did you think? I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people hate it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's uh, ghost stories in particular. If you can't, if it doesn't get you, then you're going to hate them because they're boring at that point. Yeah. I screamed out loud a couple times. Aww. They did. Uh, they did. <laughs> it was scary. They did a few <laughs> creepy things and it was in New England and yeah. it, it sold me. And Farmiga. Yeah. She's so oh, God, good. She's amazing. And Patrick Wilson's so good, and, it, and there was some creepy shit. And no Patrick uh, Wilson butt to try to look up. I don't know. It didn't call for it. I guess it would have been. That's true. Um, I liked it. I mean, I would actually say I enjoyed Sinister more as like this new wave of horror. Um, I had issues with Sinister a bit. I know. I had I had more issues with this. Um, the end. A lot of people I read didn't like. I I thought the last twenty minutes were the least right? interesting part of it. Yeah, me too. I thought was so good, and I just don't think the payoff. I, once it got really supernatural, I was like, "Oh, it was so much yeah. better when I was just following a noise in the house." Like, it that was, was done subtlety so well. was its one of its strongest exactly, points. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that weakened it for me. If that's your strongest point, like, oh, maybe you should have reevaluated. Yeah. Um, I watched Taking Lives. <laughs> Speaking of Angelina Jolie. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh man, I, I own that movie. Why did we have so that? many issues? I've seen it before too, but I was like, I think it's streaming. My or... favorite is when she goes into the bookstore and just happens to take out the exact book, and it happens. She happens to open it, or it, she drops it right as the little bookmark falls out that has the exact clue that she needs to solve the murder case that nobody else can solve. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, I was like, what part are you talking yeah. about? No, look, yeah. you know what I hate about that movie? That movie makes my mother still nervous when I tell her I took a cab. Oh, I take subways because I'll get, you know, raped and murdered. And then if I say I took a cab, she's like, did you ever see that movie Taking Lives? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I remember it having a, because I think I saw it right when it came on video. So 2005, that was a while ago. I remember it like, rem- I remember remembering it. And that says something, <laughs> right? Like, it was a movie that I, I saw. That was 2005. Like it came out in 2004. No, really? I'm almost positive because yeah, I had this... a really long time to rip off Seven. I had this huge discussion about how it feels like a 90s movie. It totally does. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at least what I've watched says it's 2004. Maybe IMDb doesn't, but... Um, yeah, so, I don't know. It's really not good upon rewatch. <laughs> it made, doesn't make sense. It made me wish I was watching Talented Mr. Ripley. That's all it made me okay. want to do. Like, why don't I shut this off? Because that one dude is taking lives. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Ripley is also taking lives. You're right. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm bowing. You can't see it. Oh, I, I, I can feel it, Christine. Um, I saw 22 Jump Street and a tornado warning. And I already talked about that. Well, how was the I, tornado warning? Oh, my gosh. And then I had to run across the parking lot in, like, a gray dress in the pouring rain, it really was not a good look. Like, like a gray jersey dress. Okay, I'm just that picturing was, you that was me, like, I've just rendered, seen, like, flashed to, like, Wizard of Oz, so I'm picturing you with, like, you, your hair and braided pigtails and a basket and... 
you of all people know how I dress. Yeah, I don't. The way you I don't dress like that. <laughs> so I chose to wear like a, a sheer gray jersey dress in the middle of a monsoon. She got for, for being a yeah. Skin. You tr- you try to look like a girl. <laughs> try to lady you it get up. Tornadoes and you get tornadoes. I rewatched the Lego movie, which is now officially out legally. So now everyone needs to see it immediately. Yeah, waiting for it to come on Netflix. Even even better the second time. Um, and then, to round it all out, I watched Vampire Academy last night. <laughs> oh. Please tell me it was great. I wish it was great. Because it's, like, supposed to be, like, Twilight meets Mean Girls. Which is a movie that I want. I would take that movie. This is not that movie. Oh, sorry. So, I'm sorry that it isn't. But it wasn't. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to make it. And it's a shame, because I wanted them to make the whole series into movies. But that, this is what... We're in the age of, let's let's make a successful book series into yeah. movies and they'll be successful. And then you don't get past the first one. Yeah. Which is a bummer. It is. It, I, it's what I, I always feel bad for those people out there that like really wanted the golden compass too. Me. Yeah. I wanted that for too. Every day, Christine. And yeah. Anna. You're talking to two of them right now. Sorry. Lady. Did you read those books? I have yeah. I been over this with you before? Like yeah, where I'm like, you need to read those books. Yes. And I still have not. Oh, well, I own those too. Good. I'm going to make an Emily pile. Oh, okay. I just started reading the Harry Potter books. Yeah, you're fairly I mean, I know I'm like 15 years late, but, you know, my, my nine-year-old niece has been reading them, and I kind of felt like I needed to catch up, so. Fair. Well, we're proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, was that everything? Yeah, that was a lot. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. All right, let me um, skim through mine. Uh, this, Christine, was one of your recommends from way back when, Ooh. Drinking Buddies. Oh, yeah. Did you like it? Or I did. did. You hate I it? really thought I was going to hate it just because I'm not always a fan of the, um, I know you hate the term mumblecore, but like, you know, that's kind of what they are. No, that's kind of what it is. Kind of history, yeah. young people relationship movies. But I just thought this one was done so well because everybody was very believable and natural. Um, I thought What's His Name from New Girl was really good. He's really good in it. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it felt like, yeah, okay, I don't. If I knew these people, I wouldn't necessarily like them, but I believe they exist, and I believe these characters in these parts, and I really want beer. That was a problem with the movie. I was, like, watching it, like, the middle of the day, or not the middle of the day, but, like, on my commute to work, and I was so pissed that, like, my lunch was going to, I was going to have a seltzer with my lunch instead of a Guinness, but anyway. Um, I, but, yeah, so I did like it, and I would recommend. Erica, I think you would like it. Yeah, it's been on my radar. I just haven't, I should probably just add it to my next Netflix queue right you now. Should. Yeah, do it. Right now. I'm doing it right now. Uh, okay, I watched a musical that I'm sure none of you have any interest in seeing called Carmen Jones. It was a uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein or Hammers were Rodgers and Hart, uh, basically musical version of Carmen um, with Dorothy Dandridge and what's his name dubbed though. Uh, what's his name? Guy who sings Calypso. I had Harry Belafonte. Anyway, um, it wasn't really good. Uh, <laughs> Listen to that reaction. Have nothing to say about it. It was on Instant Watch and it was going up Instant Watch, so I watched it. It's a musical I was not familiar with. Um, and it was interesting just because it was a all-black cast, um, but made in, I think, six, 1960-something. Um, but the movie never even deals with the fact that it's an all-black cast. It's just kind of like in this world where everybody's black. Uh, so the social aspect was interesting, but still uh, mediocre. Um, a oh oh, not mediocre in the least. Lifetime's pedals on the wind. 
That sounds great. It was the sequel to Flowers in the Attic. Oh. It was so good. Um, I know Angela out there is probably very excited because I, I don't think she, I don't know if she wants to watch it yet. But I mean, those anybody who read V.C. Andrews knows that, that the books get pretty trashy and sleazy and stuff. And Petals on the Wind is like the sleaziest of all because it just has everybody sleeping with everybody and everything's inappropriate and all this stuff. And the movie doesn't shy away from any of it. It's so trashy and it's great. Um, they have somehow managed to accidentally cast Heather Graham in the perfect role for her. So it works out. Uh, Christine, this was your recommend. Mm-hmm. Faces in the crowd. Mm. Oh my God. This I was- forgot you watched it. Oh God, yes I did. This was the um, instant And texted me to tell me about it. blindness movie with Mila Jovovich. Uh, and what's his name? Julian McMahon doing a terrible yeah. New York question mark accent. Who knows? Are they in, it's like the kind of movie that takes place in a city. And I thought they said New York. And like when they show the subway, they show like an aerial shot of the subway racing by. And it's like supposed to be a two train. Like it's, it's like a two train. But then they're on the train and it's like a yellow four. I'm like, you know what? I kind of think I might have gone through the same thing you went through when I watched it. Yeah. Like I couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be New York or not. Yeah, and potentially aggravated um, people around me because I wouldn't shut up. Like, about, like, well, that doesn't make sense. That's not even a thing. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. But if, for those of you like me who just like really shitty horror movies, <laughs> this one's so great. Cause, and I will say, Mila Jovovich is good in it. She's fine. She's doing everything she can to sell this. Um, but the whole thing is she has face blindness, so the movie just keeps, like, she'll look at someone, and it will be played by one actor, and then she blinks, and it's played by another actor. Which is kind of confusing. It's a little confusing. Except, you know, it's not confusing. The fact that you know who the killer is as soon as the killer comes on screen, right? You knew who the killer was, right, Christine? I don't know if I even thought that hard about it. But it's just so, like, there's one other interest that keeps showing up in places, and you're like... He's the killer, right? He's got to be the killer. You're like, no, he can't be the killer. It's way too... Oh, yeah, he's the killer. <laughs> it's great. I, that movie has really just devolved into um, Blood Goatee for me. Oh I don't God. remember anything God. else from it. Okay, the Blood Goatee. I had to pause it because I was laughing really hard. So the whole thing is she has face blindness. Erica, just go with this. She mm-hmm. has face blindness. and But for some reason, she's not face blind when it comes to Julian McMahon, who plays a detective. Like, yeah. She him and she always knows it's him. And, like, so she thinks, like, oh, there's a connection there. So then, like, they kind of fall in love. But then, after they have sex, he shaves. And the next day she wakes up and she doesn't recognize him. And she's like, oh, my God, it wasn't you. It was your it was that your facial hair. So then, huh? at the end of the movie, there's a showdown with him and the other guy who's so obviously the killer. But she can't tell who's who. But so, because he's shaved, of course. Um, but so he's, like, bleeding because he's been shot. So he takes the blood and he gives himself a blood goatee and she knows it's him. <laughs> yeah, hence plug your tea. tea. Yeah. Um, yes. so I highly, re- I should have made it my instant recommend this week. What was I thinking? Um, a few other movies I'll just run through. Uh, Mario Von Peebles' epic black western Posse mm. from 1992, 93. This movie's cast. Oh my god. Mario Von Peebles, Melvin Van Peebles, Pam Greer, uh, Stephen Baldwin. Um, um, uh, a lot of other people, but most importantly, Billy fucking Zane. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, this, this was not a, um, great movie. This wasn't, I don't know, even know that it was good, but it was really enjoyable and fun. 
Mm-hmm. It's a Western. It's way too ambitious for its own good. It's a, it's a black cowboy movie, also known as. Um, I think it's also called Posse, colon, black cowboy movie. <laughs> um, so it's, it really is interesting in trying to basically say, oh, hey, they're black cowboys. Here's a movie about them. Um, but the movie's just a little too big for what it can do, I think. But that being said, it's just really fun. It has an amazing cast, and Billy Zane plays a really slimy bad guy. Um, oh, oh, Blair Underwood is in it. Um, Mario Von Peebles takes his shirt off a lot. It's, it's, well, it's not as good as rapping, but it's still really worth the watch. Uh, I also stuck to the 90s for a movie that I had never seen, Poison Ivy, with Drew Barrymore. Oh, um, yeah, I've never seen that either. Yeah, it's directed by the woman who also directed Carrie 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I had known of its reputation as being, you know, the kind of, like, bad girl Drew Barrymore movie. Um, it's, it's actually, it's decent. It's very 90s. Um, which limits it here and there. Like, the score is really 90s. It feels like a Lifetime movie now, but at the same time, it's really sleazy, which, of course, I like. Um, Drew Barrymore is really good in it, in the kind of, like, performance that she doesn't give anymore, because now she's just cute and Drew Barrymore. Um, Sarah Gilbert's in it, and she's Darlene, so she's fantastic. <laughs> uh, it's, it's skeevy, which I liked, so it's a recommend. Um, I watched a documentary about atomic bombs called trinity and beyond the atomic bomb movie it's narrated by william shatner and there's a lot of atomic bomb stuff in it and which you like which i do you do like and that you do like the last movie i watched which was um glenn and randa from 1970 something it stars martha plimpton's mother uh this was a it's a post-apocalyptic tale uh glenn and randa are these two like young people who've grown up in a world that's been like 30 years post-nuclear bombing. And it's just kind of a wandery, these two people in like a wasteland type thing and all these other kind of side characters come in. Very low budget. Interesting for someone like me who just really needs to, is a completist when it comes to apocalypse movies. Uh, Very 70s. Infamous, I think, because it was rated X just because there's a lot of, the characters are like nude for most of it because, you know, guys, in atomic bombs, clothes get burned. You can't always be wearing clothes. Nothing else, though, right? Well, like, pubic hair stays. Yeah. Or it grew back by the time. The the best part about it, though, is the DVD. It's one of those long waits on Netflix, which is why I also put it at the top of my queue. Um, But on the DVD, there's one extra where it's the director talking. I forget the name of the guy who directed it. He directed a couple of other things of note. But they're asking him, like, all these questions. And he's like, honestly, guys... We were so high when we made this movie that I don't remember. It's like every question the director's like, so did, you know, did uh, this character symbolize like a sort of Abraham character? And the director's like, dude, I don't know. We were all smoking. I don't know. <laughs> so that in itself is kind of a uh, And those are all my watches. Pretty solid. Yeah. So now that we've uh, given the world a good 49 minutes of <laughs> other movies. Jeez Louise. Shall we go chronological order and come back and talk about a little romancing stone? Sure. Okay. Yep. We'll do that then. When the going gets tough, the tough get going, 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 going.
Welcome back. We are gonna go back in time a little bit to a time when the three of us were very young. Uh, and that would be 1984 when Romancing the Stone opened to much fanfare in the theaters. Now, I had seen this movie. I was one of those people that watched this movie all the time on HBO growing up. You two were not. Mm-mm. Now, both of you had never seen it. No, I didn't know what it was about. My, me neither. Okay, it just because it was like always on. Did you, and Jewel of the Nile, same thing. You never saw it. No, nope. Wow. Nope. So I, okay, I guess we grew up <laughs> in uh, different worlds after all, ladies. You, you're saying it was like on pay cable, like I extended feel like it was cable, also on like TBS, and I just feel like this movie was always on TV. Oh, no. I don't know. Okay. All right. I had, like, very overprotective parents when it came to TV, though. I wasn't allowed to watch, like, a lot of certain channels. Ah. I could watch whatever I wanted. I didn't didn't see this. (laughs) I wasn't allowed to watch You Can't Do That on television. (laughs) Why? Because you you couldn't do that on television? I don't don't know why. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV or VH1. Well, Well, that that. would have made you into a harlot, so. I used to just go to the neighbors and watch it, so. That made you the woman you are today, Erica. Yep, yep, it did. All right, so this movie directed by Robert Zemeckis, who would go on to big things. Um, Written by, this is my, um, I am just going to, before we get into the movie, I do want to uh, take a bit from the Wikipedia page that clearly hasn't been edited to talk about the screenwriter. This was a script written by a woman who was a waitress at the time and managed to get read and become the sensation of Hollywood. And she was catapulted to stardom, but died soon after. That was a, just a roller coaster ride. Yeah, but actually it's like a really tragic story because... Like, I was super happy for her, and then I was really upset and then kind of confused. You, you want to know how, how... This is really, really sad stuff. So it was. The screenwriter is a woman named Diane something. I wrote her name down somewhere in here, and I can't find it now. Diane Thomas. The computer says Thomas. Diane yeah. Thomas. Um, so basically the movie was a huge hit. It came out. Big hit. Everybody's excited. Um, Michael Douglas, who was a producer on the film... Uh, bought her a Ferrari as a gift, as like a congratulations, thank you, great script thing. And so he, she gets, has this hot, sexy Ferrari, Ferrari or a Porsche, actually. I'm getting conflicting information from IMDb and Wikipedia. Um, and basically, oh, oh, I should continue reading the Wikipedia uh, trivia bit. Michael Douglas apparently gave her a Porsche as gift, and she, who had, in his opinion, an attraction for bad boys, just like the character of Joan, let her 27-year-old boyfriend drive it, who got them both killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. and like the first ride they took, he crashed it, and they died. This is really sad. Well, you know what? This keeps the theme of me having me on the show. <laughs> That's because <laughs> Paul Walker this also died. <laughs> I think her boyfriend drove it rather fast and furiously. You could. Oh my! Yeah. Uh, so now, would somebody like to give a quick synopsis of the film? <sighs> would, should I give a quick? Synopsis of the film? <laughs> You've seen it so many more you, times than us. Why don't can you? I? Would you judge me if I said I thought it was kind of confusing? <laughs> Again, it's, it's there were so many double crosses. I didn't know if I was coming or going. Okay, uh, so very simply, to give a, a brief synopsis, um, this movie's Joan Wilder is the character played by Kathleen Turner. She is a romance novelist, successful in her professional life, but not so much in her personal life. We meet her. She is your typical like single cat woman. She has a cat. She feeds him and like presents the food. <laughs> she she like she like garnishes her cat food and everything. I was definitely it's like awesome. 
like Catwoman, Catwoman. Like that's like I saw Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> in my head. Kyle type. Yeah. Um, well, she's Selena Kyle before she became Catwoman type. It's true. Right. She's kind of mousy. Um, and so she lives this very like sheltered life. She writes her like she, when she finishes a novel, she like opens up a tiny little bottle of of like airport alcohol and drinks it, and that's like you know. And her friend is her publish publicist or publisher. I guess publisher who will, you know, tries to get her to go out and everything. Um, the only interesting thing in Joan Wilder's life really is that her sister, um, is somewhere in Colombia, and her husband has gone missing is presumed dead. Her sister has been little to, to Joan Wilder's knowledge. Uh, her sister has been kidnapped by Americans who are looking basically to track down a treasure map that gives a location of a very expensive, rare stone, a big emerald. Um, so they, uh, these two bad guys lure Joan, Joan Wilder, they tend to say her name all at once, uh, down to Columbia. So she goes down to Columbia to find her sister. Meanwhile, you've got these Americans who are trying to get her to bring, um, them the map. There is also, uh, bad guys in Columbia who are trying to get the map as well. Joan Wilder, while down there, ends up meeting upon a character named Jack Colton, played by Michael Douglas, who is sort of a mercenary living down in Columbia, kind of like your, ooh, romantic bad boy, except he's uh, less her ideal man, at least at first. And so then they're both hunting down the, they're trying to get to the sister. He now wants the map because he realizes, oh, this can lead me to fame and fortune. Meanwhile, they fall in love. Uh, and Danny DeVito does a lot of complaining. <laughs> Does that work as a synopsis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, now, this movie came out, it's 1984, so it is clearly um, a little bit influenced by certain, a little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I believe the kind of premise of this movie from a, like, pitching producer standpoint was, we're going to do, like, an Adventures Indiana Jones type, but make it an adult romantic comedy. Which is kind of what it is. It's a very, in a way, it's a very grown-up movie. And it's funny because I know, like, for me, I watch this movie all the time growing up. But it's it's very much aimed at an older audience, I think. Um, but it's also, there's adventure stuff. And there's, you know, drug lords and alligators and... Oh, and treasure maps. It's very Goonies in a way. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of treasure maps. Yep. It, I mean, it's an 80s movie, so we have to have a treasure map, and then we also have to have one of those like really old, unreliable bridges, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was a very 80s movie. Yes, you need all of these things in the 80s. So, um, with that said, I'll, I'll get back into it, but I would like to hear some thoughts from you, ladies. This was your first viewing of it. Um, well, it's like you said, all those things happened. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I wasn't surprised to see that a lady wrote it. Okay. In what way? Because it wasn't, when I make these statements, they're going to be a little bit broad, but it wasn't like pandering and it wasn't okay. like, like, it wasn't obnoxious. She wasn't pathetic. No. She wasn't like a caricature. Um... She, it was, it was like, it was like goofy and romantic and like sweet and like fairy tale y in a lot of regards. But I think it was also kind of self aware 
And oh, yeah. I think it was, I, I, I'm, I'm sure it was intentional to, you know, I mean, her, her chosen profession is a, is a romance novelist to mimic, you know, what she writes is, is what her, how this, this story is unfolding. And it was, it was interested. It was interested. It was interesting. I mean, to say. I I think that's to me something that I think I, and we, we, it's been a long time since we had Kathleen Turner on the show. By mm-hmm. a long time, I mean 36 episodes, because that was the very first episode we did. Oh, yeah! But it's it, been a long time. It really does go into, I think, what, um, why I love Kathleen Turner is that she never, there's certain actresses that kind of can't really play dumb in a way. Um, like that, I mean, not to say like they're limited in, in range, like, oh, they always seem smart, but there's something about them that like they always feel like real human beings. Like, I think like Catherine Keener kind of makes me think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kathleen Turner to me is, is kind of that person where she just, um, she has such a great look, she has such a great voice um, that instantly like she's magnetic on screen. And yes, and her role is genuinely um, like full fleshed out. Like, I know a lot about this woman and it doesn't feel like just oh sad single lady with a cat like no she's um you know she's just kind of like what she wants she's not getting but she's not really looking for it um and yeah so I just I love her in it um and the self-awareness is definitely a big thing Erica lost power but she'll be back joining us shortly okay you're a little broken up too I don't know if it's coming out for other people let's take a quick break okay now Seamlessly, we'll we'll continue with exactly what we were talking about. Self awareness. Yeah, the I mean, the opening of the movie is sort of a, um, and you get it pretty quickly that it's she is writing her romance novel, and the opening scene is a scene from her novel, and it's very self aware. It's very mm-hmm. goofy. Um, it has my favorite line in the movie, which is when. Because, it, you know, there's a bad guy. There's, like, your romantic heroine. There's the bad guy. She shoots him. And then, you know, she has the great line. Uh, Finally, I got the man who killed my father, raped my sister, burned down my ranch, shot my dog, and stole my Bible. <laughs> right there to me. I'm like, kind of watching it now. I was like, ah, it's funny, and I understand it. Um, so, And there is, I think, even when once Michael Douglas comes in, you get just their very relationship is not love at first sight. It's not mm-hmm. unbridled passion. It's more that kind of two characters that it's the whole, like, not just like, oh, they don't get along, but that he isn't your hero. He is more your rascally, like, kind of coward at times. Like, he's not there just to save her. He's there just to make money. Um, and they just kind of accidentally happen to be attracted to each other throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that. I think as actors, I think they have outstanding chemistry. I think that, because um, after this, they did a sequel, Jewel of the Nile, which th- neither one of them really wanted to do, but were both were like under contract to do it. And I actually, that I forgot to mention that. I, I watched that this week. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's not quite as good as Romancing the Stone, but what works is just that the two of them, I think just really work well together. And what would have probably been a better pairing with Take the Swaltz was if we had done um, The War of the Roses, which was the third film the two of them did together, which has nothing to do with this movie. Um, but it's directed by Danny DeVito. 
Uh, so the three of them really like working together. And that movie is just about a marriage that's gone south. So it makes sense to be paired with Take This Waltz. But I thought we would balance it with something more cheerful and fun. But I get the feeling neither one of you had fun with this movie. I didn't, I didn't not have fun. Okay. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was gonna. I mean, I know that kind of sounds like a backhanded compliment, but. (laughs) Were you, now, did both of you kind of just, were you both kind of treading it or? No. um, I I just didn't think it was going to appeal to me. Um, Like I, I was, I was thinking like, oh, well, this isn't, I am not the demographic for this film now and I don't have the benefit of nostalgia to carry me forward. So I don't know if I'm going to get anything out of it. But then you saw Michael Douglas strut out in an all-white suit. Did he ever not look old? <laughs> and that's a that's a real question. I'm not being shitty. <laughs> I don't think he looked that old in this. Yeah, I He's, think... All right, I'm going to go to the internet and do some Googling. You guys keep going. I thought, I thought he looked rather good. I was like, oh, Michael Douglas was kind of an attractive dude at some but point. But he was an attractive older man still. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he's got, like, a hot dad thing going. <laughs> this is, like, an 85. Oh, man, I can't wait till I make you watch a chorus line. You get to see him as a hot choreographer. Does he look like an old man in that, too? I'm not, I'm not saying anything about old men. I love old men. See? But, you know. Now, are, do, you find, so are, do you find him attractive in this movie? Me? Who are you, who are you asking? Both of you. <laughs> Um, no. I'm not, I'm not, like, swooning over him, yeah. but I, I can see why other people would find him attractive. Oh, yeah, he's not, like, a bridge troll or anything, but... <laughs> okay, some people like bridge trolls. He's also just not my type. Yeah. When I was younger, I definitely had a bigger crush on him. Uh, like, when I was younger, even in college, I think he was my older man boyfriend when we did that. Really? Or, I, he might have been. Maybe. No, I, I think it was, was a period of time where I wasn't really, it Leslie Nielsen. Well, no, that <laughs> sounds right. My, like Leslie Nielsen was my <laughs> oldest boy. I think we had like two levels of it. it I don't was, like, think so. In, 40, in your forties, in your fifties, in your sixties, and, <laughs> and yes, my oldest man crush was always Leslie Nielsen. Now my dead man crush is Leslie Nielsen. Um, but I did like I, I used to find him really attractive. I don't so much anymore. In this movie, watching it, I kind of had that same thing where I'm like, he's really charming. I think that he, like, be, and again, because I think he's just having fun, um, he has, like, a twinkle in his eye in this movie that I do find attractive, but I'm not really attracted to him anymore. I've evolved, I guess. You've moved past him. I have. I've moved on. Now I'd much rather, uh, you know, well, now I'd rather El Guapo or Alfonso Morrow, <laughs> who shows up in this movie, and it's really exciting. Right? Am I wrong? I don't know if you're going to get the kind of reaction from us that you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, share, I'll share her story. Um, did you know that my freshman roommate, like when we got our room assignments, um, one of our roommates' names was Kathleen Turner? <laughs> I forgot this. I did know this. Yeah, she never showed up. We, we wrote oh, her a letter. movies to make. We were her letter that we were very sad. She did not join us, um, but she did not show up. To this day, we never actually met our dear, dear roommate, Kathleen Turner. She really couldn't be bothered to go to Fordham. Come on. The now, Erica, how did you like? Because you were you were not there for this part of the discussion. How did you like Kathleen Turner? 
Oh, I like in the movie, not um, I, your not, <laughs> not my not roommate, not my MIA roommate. Yeah. Um, I liked her a lot. I I have I think I get her confused. With, who's who's the woman in Casper with? Christine I knew Ritchie? you were gonna say that. <laughs> is that Kathy Moriarty? Is that oh, her name? Oh, oh, the yeah, same I person. They yes. both. Yeah, I I could totally see them yes. being sisters. And As a child, I could not tell the difference between them. Yeah. So I I get them very confused in my head. So I think. But I watched Casper so much that I think whenever I think of Kathleen Turner, I think she's Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was nice to have, like, some distinction in this. And I did okay. really, really like her. I liked her a lot. I think yeah. because she was, like, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed watching nice. her. And I like all her line de- delivery. I like her voice. I like watching mm-hmm. her. Um, so she was I, – I liked her a lot. Yeah. I think that's something, too, watching it that I really like is <laughs> – how you could see um, the two of them being attracted to each other in the movie. Yeah. Like, there's so many moments where you catch, like, Michael Douglas, like, checking her out, um, where Kathleen Turner will kind of, like, have a, a twinkle in her eye when Michael Douglas does something that she finds charming. Like, there's, like, something to that that's more than just what's in the script there, where it's just two actors who, like, I think really do have a good working chemistry that translates so well, where I think this with the wrong actors, this could have been just a boring movie. Maybe not painful, but just boring. Um, and I liked her character a lot, too. I like that I, I mean, I like that she was a hopeless romantic, but yeah. she you know, she saved herself and mm-hmm. yeah. and I like that aspect of it. I think that, I feel like for a movie that came out in 19 what, 84? Yeah. I feel like that was, like, a good thing for that. Yeah, like, I, I feel agree. like you don't see that that often you like in those romantic comedies, the man always winds up yeah. saving the woman. And I like that she saved herself in the end, yeah. even though he attempted to try and save her. It didn't quite work out. Right. Ultimately she didn't. Yeah. She could do it on her own. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, now let's talk about Danny DeVito. <laughs> he wasn't in it that much. No, that's I remember the real reason so we want to talk about this. <laughs> I will say that was one of my disappointments rewatching it is like, and part of it, too, is in Jewel of the Nile, he's a little bit more prominent in the movie. And as many people who now on, okay, on Netflix Instant Watch, Jewel of the Nile is also on there. And they don't do what I really hope they did, which was at the end of the movie originally of Jewel of the Nile, there was a music video, a Billy Ocean music video for um, when the going get tough, the tough get going. You know, the song I mean, when the going get tough, the tough get, No. No, mm-hmm. no, okay. Listeners, someone, crickets, crickets. Um, anyway, that mu- they had that music video at the end of the movie, but it was the three of them like doing the music video, and there's like Danny DeVito playing the saxophone. Um, so I think I always connected to him from that, and then I believe maybe now I'm just, I might be associating this really heavily with um, "Put Down the Ducky" if you want to play the saxophone. Yes, from Sesame Street, because Danny DeVito's <laughs> in that music in that uh, song, right? I don't remember. I'm going to a wormhole. No, I'm, I'm going to say you're probably right. I think Danny DeVito's in that too. So I always felt a strong connection to Danny DeVito as a kid. Um, but in this, yeah, he wasn't in it as much as I thought he was. And he wasn't as fun as I remembered him being in this. Like, yeah, he's kind he's of a dick. Kind of whiny. He's whiny. Um, mm-hmm. He's he, he's just not as funny as I remembered him, which was a little disappointing. I won't lie. I'm sorry. The, joke, the jokes fell a little flat. But what didn't was El Guapo. Um, Alfonso Ar- Aru. I'm saying his name right, right? 
who I'm keeping, for those who don't know, he was El Guapo in The Three Amigos, um, which that's a movie that's aged wonderfully, so don't worry. Uh, but in, like, his scenes, I thought were genuinely funny. Like, I was laughing out loud at... No, I, that's, those are the ones that got me, too. Yeah. Like, those are just, because he's just smiling the whole time. Um, and, like, that's now what I found really humorous about the movie. Did, um, Erica, did you enjoy those? Yeah. I, I don't think I, like, actively laughed out loud at any moment during the movie, but I was, like, entertained by it. Okay, yeah. Uh, there's also a lot of alligator stuff. There is. Which I think as a kid I was a little afraid of alligators, and now I realize why. Because I probably watched this movie when I was a little young. And that will instill a fear of alligators in you. You know what I'm afraid really? of now watching it, though? Holy fuck, thank God it's 2014 and we, we have rolling suitcases. Yeah, I, I, I was horrified by her lugging those suitcases oh on and God. off that bus. Like, it's not even like a duffel bag. It's a suitcase with a handle and she's just got to carry it around with her. There's no wheels on that thing. No, we have a few like big Samsonite suitcases at work, like like vintage, like legitimately vintage ones, because um, we do a lot of photo shoots and use like old timey vintagey props for them. So the like the girls at work will just go to garage sales and buy whatever they find. Yeah. Um, and I was rearranging the prop closet the other day, and I had to like move a bunch of those suitcases, and I was like, this is empty and it's really heavy. <laughs> and it's the worst thing in the world. It's, like, super heavy with nothing in it. I can't imagine packing my clothes for, like, a week and a half in it yeah. and then having to carry it around. The 80s were tough, guys. They were. <laughs> really tough. They were really hard times. There was kidnapping and clothes. Yeah. There were Canadian tuxedos everywhere. There was actual kidnapping in Colombia to the point where they had to film in Mexico. Oh, did you read that trivia? No, I, I did not see that. They were supposed to film in Colombia, but the, but oddly enough, there were real kidnappings <laughs> happening there irony at the time. Of all irony. So they filmed in Mexico. Aww. Yeah, I read my IMDb trivia. Yeah. The um, okay, my favorite uh, credit in this movie is easily so as the credits are scrolling, I'm watching the credits. There was, and I didn't look her up. This is what I saw in the movie, not on the um, IMDb, but now i got to look it up. So there was uh, the character of Hefty Woman. And, oh man, it's not on IMDb. What, there was, going through the scrolling credits at the end, there, oh no, there she is. Yeah, character, Hefty Woman. And then her name was, in quotation marks, Christine, quotation marks, uh-huh. Chachita. Yes. Just Chachita. Who is Chachita? Google it, man. I, I am now. She was apparently in a lot of. No, but first. This I'm is sorry. me Googling. Maybe. I get a uh, intro for Expendables 3. Why? Why does Chiquita. It keeps autocorrecting to Chiquita. It's not. It's Chiquita. Oh, Chiquita. Maybe she's like Charo. Guys, she played Abuela on Sesame Street, Mexico. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, and she also was in primarily Spanish movies. Um. Who would have thought? But I just really liked that she was a woman, quote-unquote, Chachita. It just made me want to know more about her. So next week, we're going to be covering two Chachita movies. <laughs> yeah. Ustedes los ricos and no nuestros los pobres. I don't know what that one's about. The I other one I can kind of suss out. Is she still alive? Oh, I think she's still alive. Let's get her on the show. Let's get an interviewer. Um, I'm sure she's just like, 
at home being an abuela. <laughs> Making chili and knitting. <laughs> what abuelas do. Um, all right, so, I mean, I've said much about this movie. You two have been quiet. I feel like that's what happens with your pick <laughs> sometimes. How oh, really now? I Here feel like because you are very passionate about them and have a lot more to say about them than I do. I'm not grouping Christine in with me. I'm no, no. I think that that's a. I think it was a fair assessment of the situation. Like I said, I, I, I it wasn't what I expected. I thought it was going to be a lot cheesier, and I thought it was going to be really heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot more interesting. I didn't pause it a million times. That's a big thing. Um, and Kathleen Turner is awesome. She's yeah. really yeah. hot. Yeah. She's really. Really great. I don't know. I don't like Michael Douglas that much, so I was kind of wishing it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some of the jokes were, like I said, the Danny DeVito's jokes were not great, in my opinion. Yeah. They fell, fell pretty flat for me. Um, if it was on, if it, now it's a situation where if this was on cable, I would probably watch it again. Gotcha. Um, because the movie wasn't really... Not that the the, the, the quote-unquote stone that they're romancing <laughs> um, okay. is is a MacGuffin or anything. I mean, it exists, and, and they find it, yeah, and it's a thing. thing. But it's, it's, it's not really what the movie's about. Right. And it's interesting, um, because what the movie ends up being about is interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it's also a screenplay that could have been so much uh, less ambitious and lazier... Yeah, absolutely. You could have made any movie about, you know, a woman from the city and a mercenary in Colombia who get stuck in the middle of a drug trade and treasure hunt. But that it's Kathleen Turner who plays a romance novelist who's lonely and all this stuff. Like, it just, it elevates it so much, I think, where because you have good characters and good actors playing them... I think is really what makes this movie why some people like me have such strong ties to it and have fond memories of it. Mm -hmm. It's not just that like, Oh yeah, it's cool because they're in a mudslide and you know, there's an alligator eating a guy's arm off. It's that there's a lot of charm to the characters. Um, yes. And it, like you kind of gave that, that brief elevator pitch for what this movie is and the direction it could have gone is to be this really like, this kind of unattractive depiction of male sexuality. And it wasn't even, and I was surprised because there's that when they get to the house and all the guys like know her, like, Oh, it's Joan. Don't like, like, Oh, you <laughs> like, like that's, that's funny with in like, um, subversive without being homophobic. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which is people can't even fucking do that now. Yeah, yeah, God, no. And in the eighties, uh, I mean, it, it was rough too. So that I was immediately like, huh. And then with the the, the hyper masculinity that kind of comes out, especially during some of the scenes at the end, when when she's going out to lunch with her publicist or whoever she is, the publisher, um, she's like, you know, your your books sell real well in the jungle, like. Like so much machismo. They even they call it. They're yeah. like, this is what's gonna happen, guys. Yep. And, and that's really interesting. Yeah, I agree. So I give it a lot of credit for. I kind of said that a lot more articulately than I thought I was gonna. They were able to do something interesting, show a softness to those hard male characters without it coming across as homophobic. Yeah, I like that. Good for them. Yep. 
Uh, one other thing I'll say in the movie's favor was there's another thing in the beginning when Joan Wilder is like the sad single lady that I really appreciated is like she's trying to find tissue. She, she's crying. <laughs> that was awesome. Tissues. <laughs> and she does. She's out of tissues. So then she goes to get to paper towels and then toilet paper. Like, it's so what I do. Like, okay, now <laughs> that I live with somebody who's much better about these things than me, like, I used to just buy toilet paper. I didn't have paper towels. I didn't have tissues because toilet paper doesn't Why do you need all that? Exactly. Why do you need all like, that other stuff? You keep toilet paper around. When you spill something, you use toilet paper to clean it up. And so or a I, towel. Yeah. But, like, there was very much that moment of, like, well, yeah, because if it's just one of those things. If you're, like, living alone, you don't need all of that. You just need your cat and your cat food and your toilet paper. So, yeah, that's one of those little things that made me happy. Uh, all right. Erica, do you have any more to say about it or should we rate it? Um, no, I think we can read it. I, Yeah, I didn't mean to insult you before. I just don't, there's not that nostalgia factor there. No, so it's hard like to Silent like. House, you're. <laughs> We're all ganging up on you. I know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break your heart. I enjoyed it. Like, I'm going to rate it well. I just don't feel like I have that much to stay, say about it because I don't have that that nostalgia for it all right so uh, yeah right. so so you rated yeah so erica you're ready with your rating um <laughs> i didn't understand those squeaks <laughs> where are we at in the process where are we quality of film quality of film um like 7.5 yeah christine quality of film um yeah i i, I think i'm gonna go seven yeah, I would probably go, um, I'll go 7.75, I think. Um, just because I think it's super enjoyable. Like, it, I think it does as a movie what it was supposed to do, which was be a really fun, adventurous love story. Mm-hmm. Um, quality of life and such and all that stuff. Um, Erica? Um, I'm going to go like 6.75. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the exact same place, actually. I'm st- I'm gonna actually keep seven point seven five, uh, just because it it's I think it's aged pretty well, all things considered. Um, yeah, abso- absolutely. Like oh, I wasn't, de- definitely. Yeah, I wasn't like oh my god, eighties at all. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it, other than you know the non rolling suitcases. Um, well, and part of it might just be that it's set in Colombia for most of it. That's a good point. Because when they're in New York, it does feel, just because of the fashion, if nothing else, it does feel I was kind of, you know, that's a really good point. One, I was kind of hoping to see more of 80s New York. Two, it, it, because they were in Columbia, where there weren't shoulder pad, yeah. frosted lipped ladies walking around, it really did kind of suspend the time period a bit. You weren't like, you weren't getting 80s to death all the time. Like, every, no, everyone wasn't wearing sheer blouses. If only. Yeah. And how, you were like, just kind of getting, like, cat lady chic. But it wasn't, like, <laughs> 80s cat lady. It could, she could have been a cat lady nowadays with that, oh, those outfits. They were just kind of, like, suits. That works. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Hooray! Right, so that was Romancing the Stone. Do um, you recommend that I watch that other one now? Um, I don't think Jewel of the Nile is... It just, it feels like it was made quickly. It was made because this was such a hit. Um, I don't think the screenplay is as good. Uh, some of it's a little more forced. But what's good about it is just that Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas are great again together. 
Hmm. Um, I think it's more interesting probably to eventually watch and probably do on the show. It's on my long list is War of the Roses. Oh, I would, yeah, let me know. I'm into it. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, the, it's, you know, the same actors in a very different scenario. Um, and I haven't watched that movie in years, so I'm really curious how that one's aged. Uh, so that, somewhere down the line, we'll, uh, we'll come back to that one. Okay, then. But in the meantime, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and do this really happy movie about dancing. Seth Rogen, call Take This Waltz. We'll be back. Going to Canada, Toronto to be specific, with Sarah Polly's movie, Take This Waltz. Uh, now, this is a movie that Christine had watched, said everybody should watch it. I eventually watched. Erica watched it, was like, I really need to talk about it with you guys. Yep. Yeah. Let's not get sad right away. I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. Well, okay. Who wants to give a quick synopsis breakdown? What is this movie really about when you think about it? I don't know. That's why I want to talk about it. I don't um, know what it's supposed to feel. I'm confused. It, okay, this movie is about, um, in my opinion, it's about Michelle Williams' character, who I will probably continue to call Michelle Williams, so apologies. Um, it's about Michelle Williams' character, and I think it's more about her struggle and her journey with, um, as Sarah Silverman's character so articulately puts it, uh, filling a hole in her life. Um, and she is married to Seth Rogen. Lou. At, oh, at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> so Sarah Polly is married. Not Sarah Polly. God damn it. Michelle Williams is, is married to mm-hmm. Lou. Yes. Played by Seth Rogen. To pl- yeah, played by Seth Rogen. Played adorably uh, played by adorably. Seth Rogen. He's re- I know you're like have always been like a Seth Rogen lover, but he's really, really adorable in this movie. Um, he's always he's, been adorable. He's mostly pretty adorable. Okay, but in this movie, like, because he's not obnoxious. I have never found him obnoxious. I don't typically think that I don't... Okay. Uh, like, he... Okay, okay. I, I see where this is going. Okay. I don't think he's obnoxious. Why don't you two just, you know, get a little best friend forever <laughs> necklace, split it in half, and sure. go ride the roller coaster Absolutely. together while I sit there waiting for a stranger to sit next to me on the next car. Can we get married at your wedding? Yes. Does anybody uh, or any reason why Not like at your wedding, but like we'll just do one the same day. Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that way, I mean, I don't you like that. already be there? Aaron, and see my dress, so you can get the same ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool! Aww, so cute. New York, do whatever you want to do. It's good. I love it. Or, okay. Christina. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I already guaranteed that we're sitting at the same table at her wedding. So maybe we could just get some, one of our friends to get ordained. And then we don't even Aww, have to tell it. We'll just, I can do it. No, we'll, we'll, Wait, we'll stand up and we'll be like, everyone, we have an announcement. <laughs> 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 just please calm down. Look at us, not Emily. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. That's what's going to happen now. <laughs> but no, I've never, I've never ever found Seth Rogen obnoxious. And what do you find him obnoxious in him? Um, I, occasionally I could not be in the mood for his shtick. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it knocked up, for example. Okay. For the most part, it, it's he's pretty funny. But there are times where I'm kind of like, ah, oh, get it together. And in this, like, he's just charming and likable, and he'd be a great husband. He would, unless you're Margot. Well, see, here's the thing. Margot Margo meets Daniel? What's Daniel. his name? Yeah. I didn't For remember that. I had the hardest time remembering his name. I didn't. That didn't set, set because, in his name. Because he doesn't need a name. Because he he's just no. that hot man. Hey, you street. know what, Erica? Like, that's a really good point. He doesn't because he's not. He, he's a representation of something. See, not, honestly, yeah. there, like when I was watching it the second time, I'm like... You know, I wonder if I could watch this in a way to realize that he doesn't actually exist. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Like, no, he does exist. Mm-hmm. But you could easily... This almost could have been written, rewritten in a way where you never see him in a scene with anybody other than Margot. There are scenes where I wondered if, if she was imagining it. Yeah, well, because even the introduction. Um, yeah. Like, there, to go back to the meet cute. Their meet cute is so many series of things. Like, cause it's, they meet at, she's writing a pamphlet for like the historical uh, fortress thing at a tour. So mm-hmm. they meet there and then they're on the same plane and then they take a cab to home and they realize they're neighbors. Like there are, it's three, like, it just, there's something too perfect about it. It's Tyler Durden. It's yes. the narrator meeting Tyler Durden. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And that's really what I almost want it to be, except there's too many other kind of specifics that mean that it's not. Although I say that, but um, I don't want to spoil anything, but the opening scene where she is making muffins, mm-hmm. um, that scene takes place at the end of the movie. Did you catch that? I did not yeah. catch it until this time. Yeah. But why is she in that kitchen? Because wouldn't she be in a different kitchen? Because that's the kitchen where a lot of chicken is made. Right? It, it, I just assumed it was the other kitchen. Okay. I assumed it was the other kitchen, too. But that doesn't mean that, that that's what it really is. Okay. <laughs> my assumption, kind of like, my assumption is not that solid. That's why I'm kind of like, wait a minute. Well, um, there's a lot of, for me, interpretation in about the last 20 minutes. Oh, because I know we're jumping ahead quite no, a bit. Because yeah. Because there's a very specific moment where things, where the tone shifts. Yes. And, and I wish, I wish it had ended at that moment. Like, I really wanted it to end at that moment before she wakes up. You want it to end with the montage? No, before the montage. Before the before the montage and before the scene before the montage. Before the scene before the montage. After the What's dream. The scene before the montage. Oh, you it's didn't want them. She didn't. You didn't want her to leave. Oh, well, I yeah. Spoilers. 
She yeah, ends up spoilers. leaving. You have to talk Seth, about it. With yeah, we're. You, she ends up that. leaving the Seth Rogen character. She end up le- ends up leaving Lou, which I think she should have because he was not doing anything wrong. And they go out of their way to make that perfectly clear that it's not about him and her or them versus each other. They're just not fitting. And even if it's just anymore. her that's not compatible something's not melding right anymore. Yeah. Um, In 30 years, they would not have been happy. No. In five years. I mean, she might have been able to kind of suck it up and get through it, but eventually these feelings would come back. I mean, she's depressed in the movie. She's not happy. She can't put her finger on exactly what it is. And if it wasn't Daniel, it eventually would have been someone or something else. Exactly. Um, I mean, the timing is perfect just because she is still you know it's kind of perfect for both of them really uh they're what five years into their marriage they're young they're supposed to be 28 i think right Mm -hmm. which i mean 28 at this point that's four years younger than me i can't imagine having been married for five years at that point um so there is and there was something another something else i was trying to figure out this time around is who wants and doesn't want kids at that moment. She she does, right? She does and he doesn't, right? Yeah. He's not ready? Okay. Um, or I don't know if they explicitly say that, but I think it's pretty heavily implied by her relationship with Tony, the little girl. Right, and then they have one conversation where they talk about, like, getting a dog, and he's like, oh, then then two years later we get it. We, that means we... Yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's I mean there's just little like, little things that also kind of speaks probably to not being perfectly compatible. Um, but the main thing is just that sense of um, I guess that like lack of something there when everything should be there. She knows that he is a great guy. She says mm-hmm. that he is the sweetest man she's ever met. He is a wonderful man. He's a wonderful husband. She loves his family. She doesn't want to hurt them. She doesn't want to hurt him but it's just not working. Yes. Um, And I think I bring a lot of my own issues into this movie with but I think that she didn't leave for Daniel, but he was what gave her the push. Yeah. Um, Then my only question is, so the mo- we are all in agreement that the montage was real. It happened, right? I think yeah. so. I think everything that you see in this movie does happen. Okay, yes. I, I agree. So what is the montage illustrating? Is the montage illustrating... I guess I'm maybe just talking this out. Mm-hmm. Is the montage illustrating that the their relationship is on a path, and no matter how that path seems to... <laughs> unravel they're kind of gonna end at the same spot that she was at before she left Lou does anybody else kind of get that exact feeling from it yes um I mean I think a big part of it is when she because there's also the moment when she like earlier on where she tries like she tries at one point to seduce Lou and he's just not having it because he's like cooking chicken as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of breaks down and has this moment where she's like, it takes courage to seduce your husband. Like that's really hard to do where they're the two of them as a couple are, are very um, comfortable with each other in the sense that she goes to the bathroom in front of him. He goes to the bathroom in front of her. Whenever we see them naked with each other, it's when like they're showering or something like it's mm-hmm. not, we see that there's affection, certainly. They have their little, like, 
games and their baby talk games and everything else. Um, but we don't see necessarily like deep, deep passion. Whereas with uh, Daniel, like that's all there is. That's all there is. Yeah. And I mean, he like, whereas with uh, Lou, they don't even, when they talk sexy, they talk like in baby talk sexy with Daniel. He's able to basically sit there look her in the eye and say, this is everything I would do to you to sexually pleasure you. But at the end, she baby talks to him and he doesn't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Which enforces what Christine just said that, like, she's this is where this is how she handles a relationship, and this is where she's gonna keep ending up unless she handles her own shit. Exactly. I that I think it's also, see, I that makes sense. I think I read that differently, but I think your viewpoint makes more sense. My view is just like that thing that like you do whenever you go from like you always have those ticks with your partner you always have all those like little things like in this case it's the baby talk and how they always joke with each other about like all the how they would kill each other how they would maim each other yeah and it's just it's like a game every couple has these like these different games that you play um when you're suddenly now with someone else there's still occasionally you find yourself calling your partner by like the name you used to call your ex just because it's so ingrained in you mm-hmm. and it, it's like a learning curve to remember like wait no that that doesn't work with you like that's not what we do that's my old life i didn't get that at all interesting um, i didn't get that at all because i i well i don't know i i don't do that like i i have had like very specific pet names for for very different times right. in my life and they've never ever crossed over yeah. and not even like in a mistake or in a like in a moment of like forgetfulness mm-hmm. but that I mean that's me and that obviously that's what I bring to this movie like right. um and when she like after the the montage like you feel the montage slowing down at the end like yeah it's it's great they're they're like having sex all over the apartment they're yeah. having threesomes they're having they're two having different two types of threesomes. threesomes two girl like, threesomes um, and then like all of a, a sudden, really cute furniture. they're watching TV did, and peeing in front of each other. Yeah. Like, did you Did you notice um, as the montage progressed? Um, in it did that thing where it kind of like furnished the apartment. Oh yeah. Did, yeah. did you notice that the bed was in the center and then all of a sudden? Yeah, the bed and then wasn't all of a sudden, the sudden it wasn't. Oh god. Movies are the only place where you can have a TV just out in the middle of the room with no cables oh, leading I to know. it, which drives me crazy. Wait a minute. Have you seen those fucking freaky wireless commercials? Oh yeah. We talked about the wire family. Well, you still need to plug the pl- plug. You still need to plug the television set in somewhere. Fair enough. But Your TV can't like be Canada, wireless though. They're magic. True, but um, anyway, like to me, the whole point of the montage was like them falling into this pattern, which, yeah. which relationships do. Like the passion falls. There's no. Right. We don't know that she didn't have that with Lou when they first met. Well, and that to go back to the scene, um, the swim aerobic scene, or the post skiing in the pool aerobic scene when they're all in the shower and it's where Sarah Silverman who plays um, uh, Margot's sister-in-law is kind of picking up on like Michelle on that Margot's kind of looking for something else yeah um, and they all kind of and she kind of keeps saying like well you know new things change too and then there's other older women in that scene and the like this one woman who's not who's probably like 10 20 years older than them just kind of very pointedly says new gets old um, and th- so it is very, I think, aware of that. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. That it's making a very strong point of everything's going to start one way and might always end the same way. Right. That's, yeah. I mean, I I didn't take 
any of that away from it the first time. I actually took most of that away from it the the second time. Okay. Like, the first time I watched it, I was just kind of like, like, feelings. And, like, (laughs) I just felt I couldn't distance myself from feeling bad for Seth Rogen and annoyed at Michelle Williams. Um, But also between the first and second time I watched it, I learned to like Michelle Williams a little bit more than I – like, I used to be able to just take her or leave her. Like, I was kind of like, eh. Um, But then I saw her in Cabaret, and she was actually really phenomenal. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, I think I warmed up to her a little bit and was able to watch it a little more from – tiny bit more from her point of view because I still don't like Margot very much. Well, that's that's something that I wanted to bring up because in Roger Ebert's review of the movie, he brings up something because he kind of keeps saying that like, is Michelle Williams might be too likable an actress for this part? No. That's the thing is he has a quote (laughs) that that he he has in his review. Um, I was about to propose Sarah Silverman as wife and Michelle Williams as sister, but that would never work. Michelle Williams enlists our sympathy. With Silverman playing that character, we'd see Margot as the shameful woman she is. Yeah. No, why vilify her? She did nothing wrong. She's not the bad guy. There is no bad guy in this story. She there is did no not bad do guy. anything and she she had to she had to look out for herself and she did. Maybe she didn't do it in the right way, but everybody needs that little push. And if that little push was some dude that would not leave her alone and flirted with her and made her feel special and pretty again, wow, I brought way too much into this movie. If that is the push that she needed, that doesn't make her the bad guy. She didn't cheat on him, right? No, no, she hasn't. No, no. she didn't. I, well, she I, I, want, I, I will only rewatch parts of it today, like parts that really make me cry, but I've seen it a couple times. Um, but she didn't cheat on him. She was honest with him. She kind of tried to imply that she would cheat with him, though. She sat in his pullout couch, and he's the one who sent her out. Yeah, she made mistakes, man, but she didn't do anything she, wrong. She, she didn't. Times she kind of stopped herself before, because even when, um, oh god, what is it when they say when she takes him to the amusement park and she's like, "Let's go here because the ride moves too fast for me to do anything stupid." Yeah, like she's constantly. But she's not herself, but not crossing the line. And that moment, she she comes the closest she could to doing it, and he kind of and he and because the whole time he's also. It's a smart thing I think that Sarah Polly does is he's never, he's a little, seems a little stalkery, except he's not. He never cross, he's never offering himself to her. She's always the one that does get up early so that she can bump into him. Um, Like she really is the one taking the initiative. Even if he does show up everywhere, he, and he even says basically like, I'm not going to do any of this until you want me to and it it is it's why he sends her away because he can see her crying and he knows this this isn't going to be the right thing right now right and i'm i'm struggling with with her not being like she's not a villain and she's not a bad guy but if you look at it from i think the movie makes it really easy to see everyone's point of view which i like about it like you can you can see how she is a villain through Lou's eyes and but you can see how like she's just not satisfied through her eyes and like I think that's something that the movie does really really well. Yeah. It's just really hard for me not to side with Lou because I love Seth Rogen. <laughs> well, I mean, I think with a, with the wrong actress that that character would come off as a villain. Um I think if you had uh just an actress that and I don't know what it is that Michelle Williams does that works so well for me in this movie. I mean, I do really like her, 
Um, but I think in this one in particular, she she just feels immature uh, and sad and not where she wants to be. But you, if you had a less likable actress, I think there, it would be so easy to just be like, oh, what a bitch. Just, you know, leave him because he'll be better off for it kind of thing. Like, I think she does something so complicated and it's such a hard role. Uh, and I, I just think she's fantastic in it in, in a really subtle way. Um, another, I didn't write down who said this, but it was from um, someone that compares the movie a lot to The Deep Blue Sea, not the one with LL Cool J and the Sharks. <laughs> the other one that we reviewed. That's the down. only one I saw. Oh, you're missing it. I think you would like the other one. Is Christine still there? I'm still here. Okay, I'm just checking. You haven't said anything in a while. Um, but Christine, would you would you see the comparison there, Christine, to the Rachel Vice, the Deep Blue Sea? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I just kind of, to be honest with you, I kind of got lost on the IMD message the D message boards. <laughs> I I have way too I'm way too much anger in me to right now to say anything about anything. Do people so. just rant about how much they hate her in the movie or what? Well, um. This kind of goes to, I mean, if you go on our Facebook page at any point, kind of talking about a link that I posted today, which would yeah. be the 17th. I don't know when you would ever listen to this, 17th of June. Um, just about female characters and now how they're suffering from, like, well, now they're in movies, but they're not doing anything in them. Yeah. So people are saying, like, well, there's a lady in my movie, but they're not doing anything, so it doesn't matter. So to, to have a movie be about a woman, and from a woman's point of view... I mean, for the most part, it is her point of view. Um, and have her be flawed. Yeah. And have her still be human. And the only reason that I don't like her is because I relate a little bit too much to some of the things she does, and it, it looks ugly. Right. And I don't like how ugly she looks doing it. Like when you peed in the pool at swim aerobics. Um, thank you for making me laugh, because <laughs> you could tell I was going to cry. Um, yeah. It just it really pisses me off that people will get on the internet and say, like, how, you know, yeah. good job glorifying divorce. Fuck, man. Well, the bitch wasn't fun. happy. Right, yeah. wrong, or indifferent. She was not happy. Why do you have to get on a woman about leaving a man for something else? It could have been to be a dolphin trainer. I don't fucking care. Why is this there this ridiculous double standard? And I think you get the same reaction probably with Blue Valentine. Yeah. I mean, completely, because it's... Um, I mean, it would make a, it would make a terrible double bill because you would really want to kill yourself after. Um, <laughs> but Valentine's aside, tough. Like aside from the fact that it's also Michelle Williams, um, it's a similar case where the relationship is ending. The relationship is coming really to a natural end. As as Dan Savage says, every relationship you ever have will fail until one doesn't. Um, and in Blue Valentine, it's similar where. You know, Ryan Gosling in that movie is really likable because he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. He's a good dad. He loves his wife. But it's just not working. The relationship isn't, doesn't satisfy both of them. Um, and it is really easy to look at that and just say like, oh, but he's so nice. Why would you leave him? And it's awful. And I know like we've all probably been in that situation with friends where like, you know, they, they break up with someone or something and you're like, oh, but I, but I liked her. Why did you break up with her? Like that kind of thing. But it's not your business. Um, and it's nothing, there's so much more that goes into it. Um, and I think, now this is Sarah Polly's 
second film, I did not see away from her. Did either of you? No. no. Um, I didn't. I know everybody loved it. It just seemed really, really sad and depressing. And mm-hmm. like old people sadness makes me really sad. Um, but I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of reviews I read of this, because I was very curious to see what kind of the world uh, had to say about this movie, because I think there's so much to say about it. Um, I think a lot of critics felt that this was like a step back from away from her, that this movie feels a little more like a first film. Um, and I think that's just purely because it's, it's about younger people. It's a little more kind of typical, like on the surface, I think is a little more typical indie film. Um, but I think it's much deeper than that. And it's also really pretty. It's very it's pretty. beautiful. It is so super saturated. Yeah. And they always kind of match the scene. Yeah. And just the, like all the colors. Um, it's now, why do you think it's shot that way? Do either of you have any uh, theories on like why this movie looks the way it does? Because it's such a particular look. I do. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the the time frame in which the movie set also because it's set in August and they're always hot and everyone's yeah. always sweating yeah. and I like I think it would have been a very very different movie interpreted in a very different way if it was shot like in winter where they're all cold and wearing winter coats mm-hmm. like because I like just having it be August I feel like adds so much well to sound cliche to like the passion and the heat of what she feels with Daniel yeah I'd agree with that and even and even the scenes with Lou where it's like she feels like kind of awkward or embarrassed and he's always sweating on her like <laughs> like it's just I mean he is cooking a lot. And well, you're I, right cuz when like, the heat and the sat yeah. the oversaturated bright colors and all that just kind of adds to that feeling whereas if it was cold it would feel like well it wouldn't it just if it was cold months it would have been shot like in my head in a very neutral palette with like desaturated colors and very monotone and monochromatic and like it just would have felt like a really different movie yeah and there's something interesting we said about the sweat that because there's a really pointed scene where um what's his name daniel i don't know why it's so hard to remember his name (laughs) um tyler durden is do is giving Michelle Williams and Lou a ride on the, on the rickshaw. Yeah. And she's just focused on his back and his sweaty shirt. And it's shown in a really sexy way. Because here's this dude, strong, graceful, sweaty. Whereas Lou is sweating the entire movie, but it's not shown in that same... It's a it's, different kind of sweat. I'm cooking chicken it's and I'm sweaty. Sweat. Yeah. Um, like, there's a few things that might be too on-the-nose... Uh, like again, they're they're meet cute that just keeps going on, and their conversation about misconnections, like like the first conversation they have on the plane. Mm-hmm. Did either of you like that? It's like I felt both times around that like I get the idea of it, but it just feels like it didn't need to be said so pointedly. Of like mm-hmm. I'm afraid of being in between things, and it was very on the nose. It's so on the nose. Yeah. yeah. Now that you said it, yes, it's very on the nose. Okay. I didn't pick up on that by myself. Why apologize? For me, it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't bother me because even though, I mean, it's almost like they got it out of the way, like, this is what's going to happen, everybody, and they don't ever kind of smash you with it again. Like, it just, it kind of unfolds, and that's clearly the story they tell, but. That's a good point. I think, um, I think Sarah Polly is probably 
better without her. I think as a director, I think she can really shoot well and get great performance, non-verbal performances out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I liked most of that more so than a lot of the dialogue. Um, I have a total girl crush on Sarah Polly, by the way, which I yeah, she's very fantastic, long. She's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and I haven't. Have either of you seen the the like pseudo documentary she made recently? No. No. Oh. Okay, I haven't either. I really want to. Um, the yeah, I want to. I want that house. Oh my gosh! So nice. Excuse me. Um, a lot of Michelle's Michelle Williams's wardrobe is really cute. She looked really cute. Yeah. Like it. It's so clo- like. It's funny because I was thinking the same thing about Drinking Buddies, where um, there's so much in those movies that lesser movies do and focus on, and that's the thing. It's like it's the, the hipsteriness, I guess, of it. Um, but so long as you're telling a good story, it doesn't matter that everybody's a little quirky kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there's there's quirkiness to this movie that... Uh, certainly does feel a little deliberate. I mean, swim aerobics. You know? Yeah. But it yeah. never it never really comes across that way. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all fits and ends up working fine. And it also made me kind of want to do swim aerobics. It does look Only if I have that instructor. God, yes. I mean, I've done jazzercise before and I've had like not quite up there instructors but ones that were pretty pretty fun that's important to me um the i thought i bolted something else maybe i did um the we talked about it earlier the the nudity scene um and just in general i think the way nudity is handled in this movie is is so good mm-hmm. um because it never it's that very natural way of oh yeah when i take a shower i take my clothes off when I'm around my husband, I, I'm not wearing clothes or I'm using the bathroom in front of him. Like, all of those things that are so um, natural, but yet movies make really unnatural because they're convinced we don't want to see a character naked unless she's having sex. Yeah. Um, and that we're only supposed to see bodies that we would see in magazines and not if you were to walk into any gym and women were showering, that's what they would look like. They would actually look like different sizes and shapes. Um, and there's something about that that just feels very much like, yeah, that is that is a woman shooting nudity the way a woman would because that's it's not nudity to stimulate. It's nudity just it's because that's... It's matter of fact. Right there. Yeah. Um, so I do, I really appreciate that. And it's just to me like a sign of like a really smart filmmaker making smart decisions there. Yeah... Um, I do want to talk about the final shot, but because what's interesting is if you read like the Wikipedia synopsis of this movie, Mm -hmm. um, did either of you do that by any chance? No, No. because it's, uh, because I think it's really telling to how different, um, one can take this movie. So I'm going to spoiler alert again the very end of the movie, which we already kind of said, we've already given a lot away. And this is the kind of movie that, like, you don't watch for plot, you watch more for character and everything else. But Wikipedia's synopsis ends with um, 
basically, all right, Lou's sister confronts Margot, tells her that she should have just accepted that life has gaps and that changing relationships was not the answer. Margot hesitantly asks Lou for another chance, but he gently tells her that he cannot get back to her. What? That's what the Wikipedia synopsis is. That didn't happen. Um, no. Am I the only one who thinks that didn't no, happen? No, she does. She very, very, she asks him, she says, would you ever? And he just says, no. Um, yeah. I, the first I, time watching it, I didn't quite know what that totally meant. This time watching didn't it. didn't take it as that. <laughs> really? Um, I don't know if I took it that way the first time. Definitely when I rewatched that scene today, I did. Yeah. And IMDb message boards seem to think without a doubt that was her um, trying to get back together with him. Um, really? I, I think yes. it was an inquiry. I don't know. I, I think it was her weighing her options yeah. and showing her her really obvious in this of nature. That being said, what I find really interesting is that's where the Wikipedia synopsis ends. Um, but to me, like, that's not where the movie ends. The movie then ends no. with her going back to the amusement park and riding that ride alone and smiling. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really key to the movie because it's like maybe showing like maybe she does find that there is something like there's some joy alone type thing. And I, it's, you know, the movie doesn't end with her, like, walking away and renting a studio apartment. Like, but there's that very subtle, um, ambiguous moment of, I think, triumph that, that it ends on. It's hopeful. Yeah. But I find it so fascinating that I think some would feel as though the movie ends with, like, sad Michelle Williams unhappy with her new man. I didn't get that from the last scene either. What did you get? <laughs> um, I took it, like on more of a down note where she where she like was unhappy and she was like well I'm gonna go back to this place which I was really happy in and try and get that back and like because I feel like in in the first scene when they first show the ride the stop to the ride is so abrupt and like it just stops everything and so like like to in my head like that happened next like she was happy when she was on the ride again and she was trying to get that back and then they don't show it, but in my I, in my head, it progressed to the ride stopping and her coming back to real life and being like, shit, I'm unhappy. Hmm. Oh, now I'm sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe I was in a very sad mood an hour and a half ago when I watched the end of the movie again because I fell asleep during it last night. <laughs> I rewatched the whole last half an hour before we recorded. Um, but yeah, I don't... I don't know, because I... I th- I think just because the abruptness of the end of the ride stuck with me so much from from the previous scene that yeah. that's like that's that stuck with me and that's what I brought to the end of the movie. Plus I'm still my mind is still blown that she was trying to get back together with him because I would have been angry about that. Oh yeah. Cuz doesn't she ask him that like right after she asked if he's seeing someone? She yeah, she's asked like are you seeing anybody and he's kind of like uh, you know, yeah. But then, then all she says is, would you ever, and he just says no. See, and in my head, she was asking, would you ever get married, married again? again? Yeah. That's the way I interpreted it. And he was like, no, like, that's not, like, I'm not interested in having my heart broken again. Like, that's what I, <laughs> that's what I got from it. Huh. Christine, where did you fall? Um... The way I think it was kind of phrased, like, do you ever think, I think is what she said. 
And I don't know if she was going to say, do you ever think you and me or do you ever think about me? But the way it was left was like, it felt like a very personal inquiry, like relating to her, like a very selfish inquiry. And no matter what she was going to ask, his reaction was shut it down. So I think it was quite clear. I don't know if she even knew what she was asking. Kind of like, do you ever, I, for, in my head, it was like, do you ever think about me? Or like us or anything like that. Like what we had, is that something like you want to get? Or we could have had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's nope. Like, and, and I think the, the way that they write him handling it is, is really interesting and nice. Like he doesn't seem mad, but he's not really interested in talking about things because it's already done. Well, because it's it's, in- it's interesting. It, that's a, it's a really great scene too, because you have, um, like I mean, two people who are now like I forget how much distance has passed between them at that point, mm-hmm. but you know it's significant enough where there's been some time. There. I, it- I took it as a year. I took it as a year as well. You pass Christmas and then you come back around and they're hot again. Okay. Okay. So I took it as a year. That makes sense. But that, like, so they're in a, such a different place from when you'd seen them previously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they're, it's just this kind of, it's a different dynamic. They're, they're not a couple, but they've, you know, they've lived together for five years as man and wife. So there's that, like, that weird um like line to toe with each other and like there is there's that moment where like it gets a little too comfortable almost or they're kind of joking around and then that that is when he kind of like puts a stop to it of like nope nope not going there again nope um yeah and it's it's such i think it's such a strong scene because i just find it like really believable and that they're able to convey like so much of the different mechanics to their relationship within that one scene It's, it's also very sad. It's very sad. Because also, yeah. like, his family's really nice. Mm-hmm. And, like, she she clearly loves his family and loves, like, being with them. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's one of, one of for some people, sometimes, like, the hard thing about breaking up is, like, well, every, like, you got to take sides, ultimately. Like, that, you know, it, it's going to happen with family, if nothing else, of you may not support the reason you're, you know... Uh, your sister broke up with her husband, but at the end of the day, you have to stay with your sister, not with the husband. Um, and so you, you get that with the family, although at that point, like, they, you know, have probably, I don't think any of them are not happy about taking his side, um, but just the way the mother acts to Michelle Williams in that scene versus the scene earlier, you know, is, is very believable and telling, I think. Mm-hmm. And how did you like Sarah Silverman in it? I thought I she was her. great. I like her all the time, though. Yeah. yeah. I like her. It made me want to see her more do, do more films. Yeah. And not just like, oh, that it, she should do more drama, but just that, like, she should act more. She's really good. What, you didn't adore her, her role in Rent, the movie, Emily? <laughs> I forgot that she was in Rent. Oh, minor high point in Rent. <laughs> no, let us never talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought she was really great. I yeah, I always like her also. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, also, did this movie make you want to eat chicken? No, no. 
But I never want to eat chicken. Well, fair enough. Uh, all right. Do any more to say? I could talk about it forever, but I'm not going to. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch it again and then talk about it again. Okay, so we'll come back in like a year and pair this with War <laughs> of the Roses and then do it that way. How's that? A deal. Okay. That'll be that'll be interesting because you'll have been married for like a year then. Oh yeah, by then I might be actually living with my boyfriend yeah. by then. We may have very different opinions on this. Yeah. Wow. Remind me, no chicken allowed in the house. That's the start <laughs> of it all. It's where that is. That's where it begins. It's yeah. the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Cooking the chicken. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure that Brandon takes rickshaw lessons. That will, <laughs> off oh geez! Well, do, you, do, you need, do you need lessons for that? For oh, I don't know. Maybe you need to hold this thing. bar and run. Do I store a rickshaw? Do I have to bring it? Do we have to bring it like all the way up? Because we don't have a garage. All four flights of I live stairs. On the fourth floor of a walk up, but it's like it's like also a floor to get up. So it's really like the fifth floor. If you think about it. It'd be a real pain to lug up a rickshaw every day. You better work on that. You might need to buy a house in Toronto. Oh, but then I get a really cute kitchen, right? Yeah. Okay. There's there's benefits to this. I think I've learned a lot from this movie. Is is where we're gonna stand on that. I'm very uh, happy for you. Thank you. So I guess we should rate it. Um, I whipped out went last last time, so I guess I'll go first this time. Go first. All right. Quality of film. I think that there is a little bit of clumsiness in some of the dialogue, but other than that, I think that this is just really good. So I'm gonna go a solid eight for quality of film. I'll go next. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I was go. just going to sit here. I'm going to go 8.5. I th- thought it was really well-crafted and um, well-directed. And I, like, only during re-watching that last half an hour did I start to pick up on, like, the color things and, and like, how they matched certain things. So I really want to watch it again to watch for that specifically. This movie does well with re-watching, I think. I was just like that's that first scene after she wakes up and tells Lou like you don't know exactly what she tells Lou yeah. what she shares with him which I also like that they kind of leave that open that me too you don't know what she told him exactly but if you look at that scene it's the two of them sitting in bed and she's sitting with her knees up and her head down so you just see the top of her blonde hair and he's really wearing a really like bright blue shirt and his shirt matches the walls and then there's a stained glass panel of windows above their bed and her hair matches the stained glass windows and I was just like oh that's so beautiful yeah oh I think there are so many deliberate visual choices without question and now I want to go back and watch it again for all of those visual choices because I was so involved with the characters and story that I didn't pick up on them and that's part of film that I really enjoy is the is wardrobe and color yeah. and mise-en-scene. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Christine, your grade? Nine. All right. Wow. <laughs> All right. And um, quality of life and such. Um, I'll, it's, it's a really hard movie to watch, but I think it's, it's really, it's enjoyable because it's actually really funny too. Um, and I don't always feel good after it, but I think there's, uh, a lot to grow with it so I'm gonna go 8.25 for my quality of life um I'm gonna That's stick pretty it high I'm, I'm gonna stick it 8.5 across the board mm-hmm. okay. Christine 
<laughs> this movie has changed my life. I'm not kidding. I'm not. I did not say you were. <laughs> this I is mean, a very Silent House. It changed your life. Silent House changed my life too. Oh, I to go I make Why really bold statements now. I make Someone... really dramatic <laughs> statements. Someone remind me to watch Silent House before we record next. Oh, God, I <laughs> oh, I really kind of hope you hate it. This, this is going to be what <laughs> determines everything in our relationship going forward. It really is. Well, this you know is what, like Emily you picking teams. Emily, don't make friends with two people who are who are very you have similar. Terrible taste is what you're telling me. <laughs> maybe like maybe you, you have terrible taste. Seriously, nope. if we outnumber you, which is besides the fact that every time I say to Mike, "Oh, I want to watch this," like Emily watched it and said she was really good, he looks at me and he's like, "Really?" It's like Emily. <laughs> Wow. He's like, she likes that Thanksgiving turkey movie, and he will not let go of Thanksgiving. Well, no, you know what it's really? It's because I didn't like The Fighter. That's why. That's, <laughs> That's why Mike why. will never take my opinion on anything he, ever. It's true. I thought The Fighter was incredibly overrated. He really liked that movie yep, a lot. Yep, yep. That's it. <laughs> the Fighter is to him what's, I guess, or oh, I, it's, it's the version of our silent house with me and christine yeah <laughs> i'm not really that upset about silent house well, i don't know oh okay <laughs> you you didn't know you guys were in a fight about yeah silent. i no one told feud. me we're actually in a feud right now Oof, i'm sorry i wish i had known well if you, if you find like a dead rabbit on your oh, no dog, welcome matt just let's just say i'm not gonna waste my time leaving a note <gasps> okay yeah so. You guys, I see so many bunnies by my new job. Oh, I saw one That's on really the way home today, and the other night I saw two. Nice. Sometimes I see them when I go out running in the morning. I'll see bunnies and I'll be all happy, and then I'll see skunks and rats, and I won't be as happy. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> New York has an interesting uh, fauna system going around it. So, um, before we get into what's coming up next, so we're good with take the swaps, everybody. Yes. Uh, I guess we're good with it. Uh, remember, everybody, it is on Instant Watch. So, actually, both of the movies we did this week are on Instant Watch. So, you could go home and play along after the fact if you so wish. Um, speaking of Instant Watch, do we have Netflix instant recommendations for the fine people at home? Yes. Then I think Erica should go first. Then let's okay. Make her go first. Um, mine is a if little. It's Silent House, I'm. <laughs> Actually, it's this little film called no um mine is a little <laughs> bit premature um right now it's june 17th this won't hit netflix until july although i'm not sure of the exact date um but and if it doesn't show up i'm gonna be a liar but it wouldn't be me who would be a liar it would be nick offerman himself who told me it was hitting netflix in july everybody should watch nick offerman's special american ham when oh, it hits okay. Netflix. Thank you for the alert. I would like to do that. Yeah, because I won when on my birthday, which was last month, I went to go see it. Well, not it. I went to go see Annapurna, which he's in with Megan Mullally right now. Um, and I had him sign my copy of Paddle Your Own Canoe. And he was telling us, well, Mike said to him how we saw we also saw American Ham at Town Hall um last year. And he was like, oh, he was like, the show you were at is coming to Netflix in July. So you heard it from from him if it doesn't show up he's a liar but everybody That's very should watch exciting. it because it was really good and it was really funny and i just adore him so yeah well done. Paddle your, um, not paddle your own canoe american ham read the book paddle your own canoe and watch american <laughs> ham there we go 
Awesome. Remind us on July 11th or whenever it is that it comes on. Okay. I'll make it my my uh, next Fast and the Furious recording uh, instant watch pick also. <laughs> awesome. I'll just make it the same one again. <laughs> Christine, what is your Netflix instant recommend? Um, I'm really copping out because it, it, it was a big month for me. Um, Luther, season three, oh. came on instant. So I had to watch all of that. It's not long. Six, seven episodes. Uh, Sherlock, season three. Had to watch that. And um, Pretty Little Liars, season four. four. (laughs) So, so, I mean, guys, if you just want to catch up, if you want to watch Luther, because you should be watching Luther anyways. Um, And then I have a feeling that Pretty Little Liars is going to take up a lot of my time. I'm only on, like, episode three. I can't believe they do, like, 22 episodes per season. How are they going to keep this going? I don't even know. I I can't do it it for two more seasons. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm fine with it, but I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, All right, my instant recommend is is kind of typical me instant recommend. Um, Little horror movie that I've heard a lot about called Jug Face. Oh, I was wondering if you watched this. Uh, I had read about it, like, a year ago in Fangoria because it just had such an interesting premise. Um, it looks real scary. It's. I wouldn't say it's real scary, uh, and it's. It is less a good horror movie than it is just a good movie. I think, because the weakest part of it is kind of just the horror aspect. Um, it's low budget, and some of the like when they try to kind of deal with the scary quote unquote stuff, it's when it kind of looks it's low budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that's kind of like Absentia. Okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Like this, the cast is so good. It's um, uh, the girl from the woman and the dad from the woman um, playing very different parts. Uh, It's the world it creates is just really nuanced and because it's kind of set in this like backwoods hillbilly community, but it doesn't like, it doesn't ever feel like it's condescending to them. Uh, It kind of just creates like, this is, a culture that you don't know about and this is their weird belief system and let's go mm-hmm. with it. Um, it's a really small film and it's smart of the movie because it's just a very simple story that's really different. Um, and it was just good. Like, it, it wasn't... Again, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrifying. It was just really fresh feeling and I felt like, I like this filmmaker. I want to see what he does next. He's on the right track. Um, so just something different for all the people that complain about, oh, nobody makes good horror movies anymore. Everybody's doing the same thing. This one's different. Give it a try. Jug face. And there's a jug band. Like, playing spoons and stuff. Really? Yeah. They have a washboard. It's cool. Sold. Exactly. Um, all right. So, when next we meet, um, when next we meet with Erica, I guess we'll be tackling uh, Fast and the Furious 4. Is that correct? Um, yeah. What month is it? Don't we have, weren't we supposed to do that in June? When does 5 when does 5 comes out at the very end of July. Step up five, right? Step up five. So we'll have time sometime in... So after you guys... Now and, like, end of July, we'll have to do Fast and the Furious 4. Okay. And then in early August, we will do Fast and the Furious 5 plus Step Up 5. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait till Step Up 5. But in the So that'll be an eight-hour show? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Because in Step Up 5, like, everybody comes back except for Charney. We're... Um, basically just gonna have to plan like a daytime recording for that okay cool (laughs) we're just gonna have to take a sunday and set the whole day aside and it'll be a thing yeah 
Uh, it'll be worth it, though. Uh, in the meantime, though, next time, Christine, you picked a movie. I did. What movie are um, you going to do? It's called Kill List. It is on Instant Watch? It is on Instant Watch. Hopefully it will work for me on Instant Watch this time, unlike last time when I tried to watch it. Well, I hope it does, too. Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, and couldn't figure out what to pair with it. Erica had the brilliant suggestion that we should pair with it. Oh, I'm oh, not supposed to I'm answer. Like, who's supposed to answer this? <laughs> I kind of tune out at the end of your show because I'm not involved in the next episode ever. Sorry. Well, it all has to be about you, doesn't it, Erica? <laughs> well, you know what? Conan just started and he has on animals tonight, so I got really excited, okay? He just lost five to two, and I'm okay with it. So there. Um, so you're, you guys are covering To-Do List with Aubrey Plaza. Yay! I thought it was a really good suggestion. It was. I haven't seen it, so I mean, I may regret saying that, but we'll... No! no like you're going to like it. Uh, on a, okay, Christine, on a scale of, like, Silent House good, how is it? Um, Silent House being a 10? Yeah. I'd say it's about a 10. Okay, great. I'm going to love it. Excellent. Can't wait. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, find us on Facebook, The Feminine Critique. Find us on Twitter, if we ever actually use it, at The Feminine Podcast. I tweeted at us. Does oh, that count? Kind of. Okay. Okay. Is it, do you, does your Twitter app keep telling you that people are talking about something? Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Really I don't care. I'm like, I don't care that that you're talking about Big Brother. It's not on yeah. yet. Leave me alone. Everybody's talking about some sporting event. Okay. Christian Bale, good for you. Yeah, Twitter needs to be better, I guess. Agreed. Yeah. On that note, don't watch Silent House or watch it and say it's terrible. Thank you. Good night. Nichts ist so, wie es war, durch ein winziges Wort heirat. Aus dem Erdgeschoss wird ein Märchenschloss, durch ein winziges Wort heirat. Und das Grau in Grau wird auf einmal blau, wie noch kein Blau jemals war. Und dann steht man da, sagt beseligt ja. Heute wird mein Traum nicht so grau in grau. Verheiratet, ach wie schön, so schön. Es ist einfach herrlich mit dir zu sein, immer. Verheiratet, wunderschön, so aufregend, dich in meinen Armen zu halten, dich zu streicheln, 
komm, leg dich zu mir. Alles ist hier so schön, so wunderschön. Oh, wie wunderbar. Nichts ist so, wie es war. Durch ein winziges Wort heirat. Aus dem Erdgeschoss wird ein Märchenschloss. Durch ein winziges Wort heirat. Und das Grau in Grau. Wird auf einmal blau, wie noch kein Blau jemals war. Und dann steht man da, sagt beseligt ja. Heut wird mein Traum endlich weh. Klingt wahr.